Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. I was pouring in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank, mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. Make some sugary water, throw in some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be good. It's fine. From the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's another edition of The Session. We've been off the air for, I think, a couple of weeks now. Yeah. Uh, but with very good reason. More. Oh, yeah? Yes, we were traveling. Oh. Um, That's weird, because I thought I was just working all the time. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> some of us travel for work. Oh. Um, that some sounds of us... fun. <laughs> we, should, we should have done three weeks off. <laughs> yeah. Life's kind of rough. Just permanent, permanent well, vacation. Um, Are you retiring? No, I had four nights of drinking my ass off. You're, oh, yeah. Re- you're retiring from traveling? Well, if that's what gets me in trouble, yes. <laughs> Uh, thanks for sticking with us, everyone, or thanks for joining us, rather, um, on this to the triumphant return, the June return of the session. Uh, you know, this shouldn't really be a shock because we usually take a couple weeks off around NHC anyways because people are traveling back and forth. But we took last Monday off because we wanted to travel to NHC a little bit sooner. And so, you know, as a result, uh, here we are. We usually wouldn't uh, have a show right after NHC. But, you know, that's fine. That's what we do. And we're here already. And we're here already. So let's just do it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I say we. I didn't actually go to NHC. The only the only people in this room were Beverly and uh, and Tasty. Yep. But um, well, I don't know. Whatever, dude. I don't give a shit. Yeah, it happened. 
<laughs> it happened. Well, it happened without so, me. Everyone's different, but then in some ways, everyone's the same. I mean, it's like, you know, some number of thousands of homebrewers. Yeah. Uh, very much from the local region. So good percentage. I would say more than half. I guess they got some data that would support whatever it is, but uh, more than half. <laughs> <I'm just guessing. laughs> Somewhere there's some numbers that back up the vague point I'm making. I'm just talking to people. About half the people, it's their first time. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like they're from Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Florida. They're, you know, they drove. Ted, the NHC is the uh, National Homebrewers Conference. I was just looking on the yeah. Internet to catch myself <laughs> up. I figured that out. The, the, the NHC, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's going to be homebrew for the age. That's homebrew. Yes, that's right. We have our, my close personal friend, Mr. Ted Ramey. Uh, he is on the show with us tonight, just sitting in. He does the, uh, the sports talk. He does a sports talk show on KNBR. That's correct. And what else do you do? You do like eight other things uh, that uh, other people who follow sports know you for, but I, I, I don't do anything. That's okay. Um, not enough people do. No one knows me. But no, I, I do, the, uh, I do the, the talk show on KMBR in the afternoons from noon to three. In the mornings, I do the sports for Montanelli. Um, I also do the uh, San Jose Earthquakes radio play-by-play. That's soccer, right? That's soccer. Okay. That's soccer. That's right. a sport that you like. I do. That's one of the two you like, <laughs> hockey and soccer. That's and then true. I also do a, uh, a soccer-specific talk show on Wednesday nights. So I stay really busy, but but I poach your time once a week. That's my specialty. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, I get on the uh, I get on the radio and, and and the big boy radio, as I like to call it, and talk beer with Ted. So it's very fun. It's pretty cool. I I, I like it. I have Be- a good time. People doing it. really respond to that segment. It's funny because really? there's there's nothing with hate mail. Yeah, well that that's one way, and there's also been the uh, the hate tweets. But uh, no, people, yeah. people so, actually, so it doesn't because you know people always ignore the fact that yeah, I mean you go to a sporting event and they can charge you however much they want for a beer for a reason. Yeah, and like now, like with Levi Stadium when that came out, like they didn't talk about like what food vendors they were using, but there was a press release for the beer. So it's it's this natural mix of sports hmm. and beer that people glom on to, and I'm pretty sure they like you more than me, but again, that's why I poach your time once a I week. It. it may grow. We'll okay. see. Well, that's good. That's good, man. Hey, uh, and, and I'm glad I could repay the favor. You can come into our studio. Um, and I went to your studio a few months ago. I happened to be in the city. and stopped nice. by. Yeah, it was cool. And it was interesting because every, like, every workstation had a microphone. Like a, like this, I think the Sennheiser or whatever. Like yeah, this, yeah. like really what we've, uh, uh, when we were trying to buy this microphone, it took like five years. To save up for, and like everyone had the thing, and I was like, "This is like a, like a voice farm." It was kind of cool. It was kind of voice like voice farm. I yeah, like that. It was kind of neat. I was like, "Wow, this is just entirely different." If the corporate entity that uh, that could label us, if they could label us like that, they would. Yeah, we, oh, we would really? no longer be voice artists. Like this is our voice farm. <laughs> this is where we pay the drones to speak. Right, <laughs> cage free though. Yes, cage-free. they do get to roam around. Uh, well, I'm glad you're joining us, man. Feel yeah, me free too. to uh, you know grab a beer and uh, I don't know. Don't step on Warren's lines. You know what I mean. I'll, I'll see what I can do. I don't know. Uh, we have a pretty cool show for you guys. It's going to be a long one, so you may want to settle in. We have Logan Plant from Beavertown Brewing in the U.K. Uh, we interviewed Logan a couple years ago at the Firestone Walker Invitational uh, on one of the panels, so you can scroll the video on YouTube and check that out. But this guy sent us like 40 bottles of beer. Great. Yeah. All We're going to drink for them all me. tonight. So I brought right? five. Oh, 
in which is and, the right amount <laughs> which is the proper amount because yeah. i don't think you guys can drink that much beer. i i didn't i couldn't and i don't want to <laughs> yeah. no, i want he, you to have it right no he said uh, they, these guys really hooked us up they 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 have a clear passion for brewing uh and it shows i mean they're just really stoked to talk about their beer so we're going to have him on in about half an hour we're also going to cover nhc in a little bit uh and bna 11 but that's at the end of the show um i also just to bring it down a, a bit i, I do want to talk about the passing of Lee Shepard, uh, who was my co-host on Dr. Homebrew. Uh, but I'm going to save that for the end of the show as well. Uh, the very, very end of the show, uh, mainly for my own sanity. <laughs> I, I honestly don't think I could sit here and talk about the man and then have like a really upbeat show, which maybe is a little selfish, but I don't really give a shit. Uh, Brian Cooper, my other co-host on Dr. Homebrew, is going to come in in a, an hour or so and kind of, I don't know, hang out as well. It's, uh, it's the first guy on the BN to... Uh, pass away and it's uh it's very sad we're very very sad we miss lee a lot yeah. and uh it just wouldn't be right to just sit here and pretend it didn't happen so but we'll save it for the last of the show right not right now not right now we didn't just talk about we it. we didn't talk about no. it it didn't happen no right uh support those who support us please we literally would not be here without our sponsors like more beer who brings you show uh, who brings you this show each and every week so please order some stuff from these guys you hear over the next couple hours and thank them for sponsoring the brewing network that stuff really goes a long way you can also support us by doing your amazon shopping via our link that's on our homepage there as well as hitting up the store and buying some hella sick merchandise merchandise you can also uh donate you can become Good. a reoccurring donor. You can become a one-time donor. Join the BN Army. I Enlist. what it's called. Enlist. I think I'm doing too many radio shows because I can't remember now. I'm like, oh, Were yeah, just, add, just donate. No, yeah. I was, oh. <laughs> no, don't donate. <laughs> that was a mistake. Yeah. Can uh, I buy merchandise? Is you there can, merchandise I can buy here tonight? Uh, here, there's like hop grenade merchandise, uh, but otherwise you can go to thebrewingnetwork.com. Okay. I'll and, do. Uh, yeah, you should, well, let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll no, hook I you should up, pay Ed. the full price. <laughs> well, in that case, we got double for you. Yeah. Cost <laughs> $50 yeah. for a t-shirt. Tasty, you survived the NHC, and I'm, I'm happy about that yeah, for you. Yeah, it's, uh, you, you know, pays it a little bit and skip all the morning lectures. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Put yourself in survival mode. It's yeah, you can do course. it, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Man, I went to one at 1015, and, uh, man, the speaker looked horrible. I'm not going to mention his name. <laughs> he may have been on this podcast. He could tell he was hungover. Man. Really? He was all flushed, yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, he was hungover. Big Fuck guy. that guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, let's do some feedback, Warren. What do you think? I'm ready. Right, we got a lot of feedback, because that's what happens yeah. when we're gone for uh, two weeks. Right. It had time to build up. It had time to build up. Uh you know, like a yeah. virgin. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> a lot of congratulations for coming in second for club of the year. Yes. I'm really excited. We didn't win. I think Bev texted me. Yeah. She's like, we didn't win. I'm like, that's amazing. Right. I'm glad. Yeah. What oh, was yeah. the reaction of the crowd? Tasty since you were there. Well, uh, they applauded quaff. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> they didn't mention her name, so they couldn't boo it. Right. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we, Ted, we've it been, been, like like we've been dominating a uh, homebrew club of the year. Uh, for like what three years in a row? I think more oh, than I think that. It's more, more than, than yeah. that, four maybe four. Yeah. And and uh, the homebrew community, a lot of them were crying about it because we're they think we're not technically a real club. We're not brick and mortar. We don't have meetings. Well, what are we in right now? Exactly right. Well, that was our <laughs> argument. But we didn't even start the club. Uh, a listener, one of the listeners, like enrolled us as a club. And for those of our list, for those of our listeners who don't have a, a local club or don't like their local club or get more information from us, they want to support us. So they put the Brewing Network as a club, mm-hmm. and we would win a, a, the Club of the Year award, and people would boo the shit out of us. So this year they changed the rules a little bit, 
and we're like, please, we can't win. We can't win. And we didn't win. And uh, I think, I think the BN is now like, oh, it's like the champions who finally lose. They're like, there's no more pressure. Yeah. I don't have to three-peat anything or whatever. Well, but my point was, that's weird because there were no BNers that booed because we didn't win. <laughs> well, that's true. So maybe you should be better sports about it. <laughs> Everyone else. All right, let's get on with the feedback here. In 2010, this is from Aaron, by the way. In 2010, I took my kids to Disneyland for the first time. It was expensive, but my kids loved it. I ch- it changed their lives, but the highlight of the trip for me was that there was a brewery nearby, Alcatraz Brewing, which is now closed. In 2013, we went back. Three consecutive 12 to 15-hour days in the park, lines, fast passes, the new cars ride, hit everything. Great success. The highlight of the trip for me was that four new breweries opened up within two and a half miles of the park entrance. Uh, now it's 2016, and we're going back to Disney. I'm not going to the park. Instead, I'm going to spend each day visiting every nearby brewery. I remember JP and Bebo had a Disney podcast. They just tried looking up. It's Ears Up, question mark. Yeah, Ears Up with a Z, though. Or you can do Ears Up hyphen podcast.com it's a whole thing don't worry about it uh i don't see it on the brewing network site no it's not on the oh, actually i think it's in the about us i think there's a link and we have like bios one. oh you linked your ears up i didn't do it Deal. someone else did yeah i didn't do shit yeah what's well, on your twitter right JP? you gotta promote it's on my twitter too yeah well yes well i i didn't I mean, someone did it for me so i didn't have an opportunity oh. to not even do it that's nice but yeah it's on twitter it's everywhere uh it's not beer related at all it's disney related like you just said anyway uh there you go now you now you know uh he says okay i'm drinking toaster pastry and it rules god bless you Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Uh, this next one is uh, says, Jip, tell your fucking sharks to get their act together. Mm. What the fuck? If they don't straighten their shit out, we're going to end up with another penguin cup. No one wants that. Love your neighborhood Bruins fans. Too late, Ted. Yeah. <clears throat> I, Too late, I'm, man. I'm still processing pain. Maybe. <laughs> I actually, I, I was telling my wife last night, we were driving home from my parents where we watched the game, and yeah. I was... I had to like control because I was talking about how I was like, I wanted that to take a picture of my kids next to the Stanley Cup. And I was like, nope, got to uh, stop right now. I could like feel emotions rising. So, yeah, let's. Did you uh, go to the game yesterday? No, no. I just was. Okay. I just watched it with my parents because yeah. um, it's since I already travel so much, I can't just leave my wife to be like, I'm going to go watch sports right now and not get paid for it. As opposed to the times <laughs> where I'm not leaving you at home and uh, traveling to go watch sports. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I just watched it on TV. But no, I, it's it's painful. Yeah. It was painful. It was tough. It was a tough game, man. Uh, the, 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 they looked like a completely different team between the second and the third period. I, I, I don't understand. Hard so, to win when you can't get maybe, shots off. Right. Maybe it's because they didn't have a chance to hear you read that feedback letter. That's probably what the game. I, mm-hmm. So it's my fault. Right. Because you took last Monday off. Isn't everything? This is <laughs> yes, on you. Everything's my fault. <clears throat> this is from Damo Burka Durka Dirk. That's his, that's that's his, his given I, name. I think that's his Christian name. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't sound Christian. Uh, greetings from the Zika and Flocka infested state of Florida. We just started getting 21st Amendment beer distributed here. I know Sully is a good friend of the show, and I'm pretty sure I heard JP said he and Sully homebrewed together while he was developing the recipe for Toaster Pastry IPA. It's a spectacular beer. To me, it tastes almost like Lagunese Brown Sugar Light. I'm wondering if the fine folks at the BN could get us a recipe. I love the beer, but it's six bucks a can here in bottle shops, which is bananas, he says. Uh, yeah, that's a lot, but, uh, you know, whatever, dude, Florida. Uh, sincerely, uh, Demo. Yeah, I can try. I don't know. Thanks for the email. Yeah, we talked about it when they, when, uh, they first rolled out with it. We did. Sully was on the show and he brought cans. It was one of the first times that it, it left the brewery. Oh, 
Well, there you go. How much are they here? I don't, I don't get why he'd be. Not that much. Stuff. No, not even close. Yeah. So why are they that much more in Florida? That sounds like, like a Florida. black market or something. Yeah, probably. It is Florida. Uh, this is from Nick. He says, Justin, you know Talent Hack. I've been a longtime listener and frequently jump between the archives and new shows. I've had the pleasure of meeting Bevo last time. I came to deliver some beer to the grenade and must say she was very pleasant. He must say that, Beverly. I also got to catch a glimpse of the studio, and it was quite impressive. I would like to have seen what you guys started with some 13 years ago. Well, 13 years ago, this show wasn't around. Anyway, as an avid home brewer and lover of the show, I wondered if I couldn't come down sometime to hang out for a session and bring some homebrew as well as some new Helvetia beer and suit the sit with you guys. Let me know your thoughts. P.S. Suck at JP. Yeah, Nick, come on down whenever you want, man. From Sacramento? I don't know. Is he from Sacramento? I thought the brewery that you just read was the Sacramento brewery. I don't know. Oh. But thank you for your input. Well, I was going to say, it's not that far of a trip, so yeah. you could just show up. You don't need to ask. That's what I'm saying. You yeah. show up whenever you want, man. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. Uh, this next one is from DG. He says, uh, thanks, guys, and Bevo. Just wanted to send you a little heads up on the great customer service from Brad at Beersmith. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole email because basically he was like, uh, I'm stoked that Brad emailed me back. So there you go. Brad will do that. Yeah. Next one we got is uh, from No Name. Didn't even sign his name. Uh, so it seems that the topic of East Coast Cloudy IPA uh, has received a lot of attention on the show lately. Every time I listen to people defending the style, it drives me fucking crazy. I don't know if you guys have been to the East Coast lately, but let me fill you in from a Southwest Virginia professional brewer's point of view. There is so much shitty cloudy beer here. It's baffling. I think that the biggest problem with this cloudy IPA craze is that it makes it seem like it's okay to serve cloudy beer of any style. I go to so many breweries where cloudiness infests every style they serve. I think the reason this has been tolerated and even embraced is that the East Coast beer drinker population just hasn't been given enough good beer to know better. Everyone has to admit that the alchemist who makes Hetty Topper uh, and some of the other cloudy IPA breweries make some good beer, he stresses that, and that they mostly uh, they are mostly cloudy from mash additions like oats and wheats and hop phenols, but wouldn't they be even better if allowed time to clear? Blah, 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 blah. I, work, you know, I don't want to be the dead horse, but uh, I don't know. So you, so you rode in as a Southwest Virginian. <laughs> I, I pretended to. Just to bring it back up again. <laughs> right. Uh, he said I was born in Maryland, so I'm completely impartial. Yeah, go back to the last show. We covered that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. We agree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dear Brewcasters and Bevo, let me start by saying I've been a loyal listener for the past two years, and you guys do an amazing job. JP, being from New York and having lived up and down the East Coast... I can uh, say without a doubt 110% agree with you about the New England-style IPA being a travesty to the brewing community. Blah, blah, blah. He says, keep preaching, and he called me a son of a bitch, which my mom was a saint. That was rude. <laughs> um, also of note, I was in no way offended by your comments on the style, nor should anyone else. Tell that douche to get the stick out of his ass and man up and drink a real IPA. <laughs> oh, he says, P- this is from Adam. He says, P.S. Tell Tasty. Thanks for the ad on Instagram. And I apologize. <laughs> this is, oh, it gets better, Warren. Don't worry about it. And I apologize for the lack of beer-related posts lately. I've been lacking in the brewing and drinking-related posts. Mm. <laughs> How long have you guys been dating? That's cute. I don't know who that is. It's Adam. <laughs> The guy who used to post a lot of beer, but now he doesn't because right. he's been lacking Sorry, on Adam, it. I don't remember how active you were. Ah, dude. <laughs> Must have gone below my radar. <laughs> I love you, though, nonetheless. Yeah. Obviously, you love me. I want to keep things going. <laughs> <laughs> Always weigh your options. Hey, what's that? Hey, Wait, just, keep you know, them open. Yeah. It's like LeBron James. He takes the high road every time. 
Uh, this is from Andy. He says, at uh, one hour, 52 minutes, and 45 seconds, you claim Hetty Topper to be, quote, terrible. <laughs> Could you please explain to how the former long-running number one rated beer on BeerAdvocate.com could actually be, quote, terrible? Thanks in advance. Um, listen to the show. I don't know. If I say it's terrible, I back it up. So I don't know what to tell you, Andy. Everyone's palate's different. And really, uh, okay, yeah, I have, I, I, you're right. I had one can. I shouldn't say it's terrible. The can that I had was not great. The can that I had was terrible. I'm sure it's a fantastic yeah. beer. I've had three cans. Yeah. And none of them were that different. Well, we'll see. There you go. Maybe yeah. I just don't like the beer. Yeah. I don't know. It's all right. Um, this is from Gene from Pittsburgh. He says, first, let's get this out here. Assuming JP is screening these. The Sharks are done in six. Mm. Up yours, Gene. Uh, Braun is a pedophile. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I think now that I read that, is that slander, Ted? It's something. It's something. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try and legally discern what it is. Thank it's you. not nice. No, it's not nice. Thornton is going to. Uh, Thornton is going to quit after game two and join the Quakers. I guess because his beard. Pavelski is on the FBI watch list, which is the only reason he's still playing because he can't get on a plane to go home. <laughs> All right. I mean, you weren't wrong. I mean, you were wrong about everything else, but they were done in six. Oh, he says, "What is Nitro doing to IPAs to kill the bitterness?" Tasty, you're a smart guy. Well, I don't know. Uh, it softens. The carbonation buys out, right? There's no yeah, carbonation. Right. There's right. no carbonic right. There's, acid. There's quite a bit right there. Uh, and the nitrogen, nitrogen uh, tends to soften the, uh, the everything about the, the thing. The malt and the hops. Do me a favor, Tasty. Would you mind just pouring these beers for everybody sure. while I finish this? Thank yeah. you. I, I apologize. Um, this is from Clint. He says, hey, I just want to say thanks for reading my feedback. I was pleasantly surprised. Also, I wanted to apologize to JP for calling him a douchebag. <laughs> when I was typing that, it didn't sound quite as rude as when he read it. So it's it's my fault, apparently, that it why was did, rude. Yeah, why don't you read it better? <laughs> I don't know. I thoroughly enjoy JP's humor, and I think he's doing an awesome job as host. I actually don't miss Justin as much as I thought I would. If Justin doesn't enjoy the job anymore, no reason for him to stick around. He won't be missed. Winky smiley face emoji. Oh, what? Just because you don't enjoy a job means you don't have to do it anymore? Uh, no, you still have to do it. Oh. Yes. Well... Good for Justin. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this next one. Hey, Brewcaster. So I was sitting in this gastro pub in some town in California that I don't remember the name of. The food was mediocre, and my first beer was good. For my second pint, I had ordered Nitro Old Rasputin, but the server said that they were out and brought me a sample of another dark beer he described as being similar but, quote, bolder. It tasted like they hadn't cleaned their tap lines in six months, and I sat there trying not to spit out this mouthful of rancid beer into the server's face. I thought, I wonder what those jerk-offs at the Brewing Network are doing. I'm glad. I'm glad a, uh, that kind of emotion made you think of us. Appreciate that. Probably jerking yeah. off. Yeah. Anyway, probably jerking off. That's right. Anyway, it's been like two years since I listened to any of your podcasts, but I downloaded a few and bring them uh, at work recently. You guys are as funny as ever. Maybe even more without Justin. Where did you put him oh. anyway? Probably buried in JP's backyard or something. <laughs> He's definitely not, because that would entail me doing yard work, and I don't like doing that. Uh, this next one's from Cameron. He says, I'm sitting here listening to the latest Brewlosophy show podcast, and I just want to tell you all, thank you for the service you provide. The knowledge I've gleaned from the BN helped me land a great job at a local brew shop in Athens, Georgia, which paid for my living expenses throughout grad school. I feel like I'm part of the silent majority that knows producing the show takes more than sitting on your ass for three hours a week and telling Beardy to shut the fuck up. It seems there's a vocal minority of people that like to whine and complain about nitpicky bullshit on the show, which I find hilarious. Because they can't grasp that they're arguing their own opinion regarding an opinion. Just wanted you all to know your work is appreciated and that I wrote and edited this email while looking through a juicy East Coast crystal fucking clear IPA called Tropicalia. 
Uh, that's Georgia Growler guy. Uh, thanks. Oh. But instead of doing that, you could have just donated, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's always something. <clears throat> Um, this is another juicy IPA thing I'm not going to read, uh, but this guy goes, uh, he tells me my opinion can suck a dick, and then he wants to know if Justin lost the death pool. Mm, losing means you died, right? Yes. I think. I don't think he's dead. No, yet. it means you picked the wrong person. <laughs> right. Oh. Uh, blah, blah, blah. That's a boring one. Um... This guy wants to hear more about Doc's liquor. I don't know. P- feedback's over. Feedback today was brought to you oh. by Beer Law Center. You go to thebeerlawcenter.com. If you guys are opening a brewery, and uh, I know at least three of you listening to this uh, podcast right now are, in fact, opening a brewery. That's just the odds. Uh, contact John at the Beer Law Center. Go to beerlawcenter.com. He will not only help you protect all of your assets, protect your trademark and your copyright, but he'll help you fill out all that paperwork and do all that bullshit that you don't want to do. He's very, very good at it. He helps me with my personal thing. He helps uh, the Brewing Network uh, defend the, uh, the Hop Grenade. Uh, trademark there and he can help you too so definitely hit up john at the beer law center beerlawcenter.com he's a good dude check him out uh okay what do we have here we're pouring a beer this is a it's a new beer from drake's and they were kind enough to uh fire off fire us off some beer it's called kickback have you guys kickback have you heard about it yet? i've never even no. actually heard about it until no, right I now. had it was at their, the session fest that took place a few weeks ago. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, they had it on there. Drake's was kind of like the anchor uh, brewery. They had like seven or eight uh, session beers, and one was this uh, kickback and this new new branding package they have here. Yeah, it's kind of, um, it's I don't know, like late 70s Hawaiian. Yeah, it's kind of like retro. Like, uh, retro, uh, you're right. Like Las Vegas or something. Kind of like, you know, we're light and airy kind of thing. It reminds me of like... Uh, Other like, breweries are doing the same thing. Like Magnum P.I., like Honolulu, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't know. A lot of pastels. Mm-hmm. A lot of pastels. That's a good beer. It's got the Drake's logo on there. It's cut into the yeah. shape of the label. It's pretty good. Yeah. Has anybody noticed? I like it. I mean, I guess it takes people watching uh, Silicon Valley. How much Drake's branding is in the show? There's tins hanging on walls, magnets on refrigerators. Yeah. No, I had a nose. It's, it's no, all over the place. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They must not care. Or they, must, they have to intentionally do that. Oh, yeah. For, oh, to totally. do that much? Yeah. I just wonder if Drake's is paying them or if they're just repping... A local I think brewery. They, I think it's beer they like, and they just picked it. That's cool. probably yeah. Now, this is a this is a good uh, this is a good little beer, man. It's a, uh, uh, session IPA, seasonal release. It tastes relatively low. On uh, I think actually there's a sheet here. Yeah, they've got the, some on info. the bottle. It says 51 IBUs, 4.3 percent. Yeah, 4.3. Okay, starting gravity. It's nice to give. Oh, oh they give that too. Uh, yeah, 10.5. 10.5. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, which means, I don't know what the... 1042. Let me do the math here. It, it's a 4.3. That must have finished about... Oh, they, they said uh, it finished at 10, like 2.8. 2.8. You guys are smart. Well, I remember what I read five minutes ago. But, so. uh, <laughs> Great. Yeah. I saw a spec sheet on it sometime today, and uh, the grist is, is uh, two row, and then... Uh, uh, Golden nick, naked oats. Naked oats, yeah. and then uh, some flaked oats from uh, Green Miller's. That's called cool. whole barley flakes, and they got a lot of barley new school uh, hops. The El Dorado, they got mosaic yeah, they in got there. Quite a different number of hops. That's tasty. Yeah. Uh, check this out. A portion of the sales from six packs and pints of Kickback will go to trail restoration and cleanup projects at the East Bay Regional Parks. Nice. Wow. Check this out. This is the that's first the Kickback. That's the Kickback. This is the first new six pack that Drake's has launched in six years. Wow. Wow. Right. Nice. Yeah. 
That's pretty crazy, man. I think something had to go, but whatever. Make room. I, think make I room. like it. Well, it's a seasonal, so uh, you know yeah. you won't see it all the time. So definitely check it out, man. No, it's great. Like a lot of body. Pretty delicious. I look, I look oh, yeah. for in this kind of beer. That's yeah. a good summertime beer. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, Warren, do we have a Twitter game? Uh, yes. Our Twitter game is brought to you by HopTech. Jade and Roberto are ready to uh, package and ship your homebrewing supplies and equipment to you directly. So go to HopTech.com, check those fine people out, support them. They are giant supporters of the Brewing Network. They're good people, and they make some killer beer, and they want to help you out. So check them out. Warren, do it. Twitter game. Um, basically, it was just inspired uh, by the fact that Quaff did an awesome job this year. At uh, NHC, and I was wondering, since obviously everyone was happy with the result, I don't think everyone's <laughs> going to be happy twelve months from now. There's going to be something that's going to bother somebody. Okay, about so, the Quaff win, just about anything. What if Quaff wins next year? Okay, which they've so, done before. Which they've oh, they've won multiple times. They've gone back, back to back. back yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah. what are the naysayers going to boo next year? What are the naysayers going to boo next year at NHC? At NHC. Okay, yeah. award-wise, anything. Just anything. I mean, it maybe, could be, maybe they'll boo Gary when he gets up. Right, there. it could be booing at BNA twelve. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, it probably, <laughs> yeah. probably will be booing at BNA twelve. Can I inquire? They literally like loudly blew, yeah. booing. Like, oh, oh, yeah, it was the most awkward thing I've ever experienced. That's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, it really is, and we got a lot of mileage out of it. it made for great radio <laughs> for the last like three years, dude. That's oh, really yeah. bold. Yeah, like booing when it's right. like when it's sports, it's okay, but like to. Boo like a person or oh, an entity. Right. Over a hobby, you're I, all coming yeah. together to talk about how well, to make better. I feel like besides the booing, didn't somebody get up and, like, storm out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think those were, uh, you know, onesie-twosie anecdotal yeah, yeah. information. But I don't, I don't doubt it. And what, what, what blew me away was that it wasn't even us. We didn't start the club. We actively well, told, these guys don't know that. So. Well, I know, but, but we that's, don't have a, that's what it yeah. made it more uncomfortable for us, I think. We didn't have any desire to do it. It was di- a direct response from our listenership. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, it's kind of you know, hard to stop it because yeah. it's not ours to stop. Yeah. 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 That, I was in the club, well, I still am in the club, and won medals and competed mm-hmm. under the BN Army club banner also. Yeah. And so it, it, was, it, it got real personal to me where it's just like, guys, it's a club for people that I was in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota. The nearest club was two hours away. And so what was I going to do? We'd be clubbing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> And then I get booed for making good beer. <laughs> that seems rational. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what happens. Sports fans. Right. Competition fans, yeah, I guess. Yeah, numbers thing. I don't know. Anyway, we're going to take a break, everybody. And then when we come back, we're going to have uh, the famous Logan Plant from Beaver Town Brewery. We're going to taste some of his beers and chat with him. Kid used to be a home brewer, and now he's rocking the world in some tasty beers, man. So uh, it's going to be a good show. Stick with us. It's a session. Hang on. Just We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? 
21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Saka JP. Brewing great beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus. And Radical Brewing, Recipes, Tales, and World-Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Marin Brewing Company in Northern California has been making award-winning beers for more than 25 freaking years. Today, I want to tell you about their new 12-ounce cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale. The good stuff, Mount Tam is bright gold, 5.5% ABV to keep you feeling good, and has been winning awards since 1989. If you're visiting the Bay Area, get your butt out to Marin Brewing Company. They pour tasty beers and serve great food every day until midnight. Come in for a tour, stay for the food, and pick up a six-pack of cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale to enjoy at home, camping, biking, or whatever the hell you do. Owner Brendan Moylan has this to say about Marin Brewing beers. It's freaking awesome. Marin Brewing has won more than 100 gold medals in international competitions. Check out MarinBrewing.com for all their award-winning beers, food, and merch. Marin Brewing Company in Larkspur, California. Award-winning taste, refreshing finish. It's freaking awesome. Casters are back. It is a 401 beer. Whatever.
All right. Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. While we get the lovely Mr. Plant on the phone, I do want to tell you guys about great fermentation. If you guys are in the market for Blickman products or anything homebrew related, to be honest with you, check out greatfermentations.com. They have the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web, providing same-day shipping on some of the most uh, the, uh, some of their main items, which most vendors can take up to three weeks to ship out. Their staff is some of the best trained in using Blickman products, which, let's be honest, you want somebody who actually knows what the product is to teach you how to use it, not just read a manual. Anybody can do that. And they have top-notch customer service. More to the point, they have a coupon code. What? Yes. BN Army 50. That's B N A R M Y 50. And you get $1 shipping on all Ooh. orders over 50 bucks through the end of May, excluding bulk grains cuz that would just would not be fair. Greatfermentations.com. Use code BN Army 50. <sighs> okay. You Are we it. ready? I'm ready. I was I was telling the guys, Bev, I need a producer. Producer. <laughs> yeah. how, how about a day of producer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, if looks could kill. What do you need produced? I don't know. <laughs> more glassware. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think we have Logan on the line. Logan, are you with us, buddy? Where's the opener? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Perfect. All right. Good evening. Good evening or good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Uh, in my case. To you. You're, <laughs> yeah, it, it's like uh, you've been up for like a thousand hours already or something. What is it? Two thirty? Yes. Yes. Yeah, we don't sleep over in the UK. Uh, we just tend to, uh, yeah, just break on through to the other side. Um, and, and all is well. Good, no, it's 2.30 in the morning here, so uh, or 2.40, something like that. What did you, did you, did you stay up all night and, 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 you know, party? Or did you just kind of, like, take a nap like a responsible business owner? Oh, no, I, n- I never sleep. You know, again, it's just, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's big beers. Towards 11 o'clock, I like to hit the kind of double IPAs and just break <laughs> on through. So. 11 in the morning. No, I no, I'm, I'm a dad. I, I was like in bed at 10 o'clock. So I just set my alarm and got up and uh, here I am. Uh, just about. Wow. You're just about making sense, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you're a good sport, man. I appreciate it. I know. Uh, so I got turned on to you through our friend Phil Lowry, who we call UK Phil, or at least I call UK Phil, but I'm sure to you he's just Phil. Uh, I thought he was French. You know, and I remember uh, hearing about your brewery a couple of years ago and uh, our, our friend Sean O'Sullivan from the 2 and A was going to uh, was going to be out there and he's like, I'm going to send you some good beer uh, from this little brewery and you're going to love it. And but he never sent it. So he's also a liar. So he's liar Phil oh. to me now, too. Yeah, um, he's but, definitely <laughs> French, but that's OK <laughs> because. <laughs> Uh, you know, in a roundabout way, he came through, man. And I'm glad that uh, we're able to, to talk to you. And thanks for, again, for, for staying up so early, late. Oh, Matt, it's an absolute pleasure. You know, um, Phil's a good friend of ours and he's doing a great job um, in, in, the, in the brewing industry. Um, and, yeah, he's been a big supporter of ours for the last four years. So, no, it's a pleasure to be on with you guys. Awesome. Well, thanks, man, again. So now before we get too far, you know, too, too far into the craft beer here, uh, you used to be a home brewer. Which I find yes. fascinating. I always, I always like talking I still to am. you. Still are a homebrew. You still homebrew. Well, you never it never leaves you. You know, I'm I'm always going to be a homebrewer. I guess um, that's where I started, and I think uh, yeah, I'm not a master brewer by by any by any means. But um, yeah, no, my feet are still in homebrew and construction of recipe, and and I, you know that's exactly where I am. Yeah. How, how did you get started in homebrewing? How did you get turned on to uh, to making your own beer? Well, I mean, it's a long journey, you know, in the UK, um, 
you know, the beer is a massive part of our life as it is in the US and yeah. and the pub especially is every man's kind of extension to his, his front room. It's it's like an extension to his castle, if you like. Um, so as a kid, I was dragged around many pubs uh, in the middle of England in an area called the Black Country, which is famous for brewing some amazing cask ales. Um, and as a four-year-old, I didn't have much of a, a kind of taste for it. But the older I got and the more I hung out with my... Me either. I was more of a whiskey guy then. Exactly. That's it. You know. But once you turn five, um, everything was yeah, different. Well, yeah. Well, once drinking age in the UK is about 11, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah, when I was out there then with my mates... Um, now we really got into beer about the age of 18 and we'd make, uh, you know, kind of big trips out to certain pubs that would be serving certain beers. So at the age of yeah, 18 or 19, I became obsessed with, with ale and, um, and I just had dreams of grandeur, you know, where one day I might be opening a brewery and I just love the whole process around making beer, serving beer, drinking beer, uh, <laughs> talking about beer. So that was it. That's kind of where it started. Were you still um, into cask beers then at that point, or were you getting more into the U.S. styles? At no, that at that point, that was like uh, nearly 20 years ago, so there wasn't much on the horizon coming over from the U.S. Um, uh, no, so it was just driven by locality um, and freshness and just drinking uh, local breweries. As I say, there was maybe like three or four that I grew up with um, and that I still go back to. You know, when I go back to – we're based in London now, but I go back to the Midlands. My family's still there, and, and my first – thing as a kind of disciple is to go to these pubs again <laughs> and drink this beer go on sorry that's where you had your epiphany that uh, you went to be in this business yeah we'd sit yeah. in beer gardens you know sure. on a lovely day drinking this amazing amber nectar and i'd be sitting there with my mates going you know one day i'm gonna do this you know I, you know and that was at the age of 20 I had visions of doing it somewhere in Wales, you know, on a mountainside somewhere. Then I thought, you know, who the hell's going to drink this? There's only sheep. Um, but now, it. now I know, now I know the industry a lot more. Actually, opening a brewery on the side of a mountain in Wales doesn't sound too bad, and, and I think we could make it work. <laughs> you probably could, man. It sounds great to me. Yeah, um, sheep but yeah, by customers. the age, I guess, taking it on further you know just continuously i traveled a lot I, I was in a couple of music uh in some bands and you know luckily enough i got to travel a little bit and drink lots of great beer and make notes and you know build a, a whole kind of um you know a whole kind of system in my mind of what i loved and what i liked and um by the age of 30 31 i made the move and just went for it so beer took you from music Big time, yeah, really. Big time, yeah. It was. Uh, I was a singer, and I could never drink. I, you know, I, I wanted to try and look after my voice, but the one thing I loved to do was to drink and socialize. <laughs> Is it just because so, you weren't a very good singer, and you, you know, now you're hiding it behind a brewery, or? Yeah, that's it. Okay. I was crap. <laughs> <All> right, yeah. <laughs> No, I just really wanted to, you know, I, it, I became pretty pretty unhappy, actually, because I couldn't, you know, do what I loved doing, which was experiencing loads of different beers and uh, and being on the road. You know, you had to look after yourself. And in the end, uh, I walked into a place, actually, in Brooklyn. We were playing a gig out there in uh, on Metropolitan, and uh, there was this amazing barbecue joint opposite. Hmm. So I went in there for some pulled pork afterwards, and it was called it's called Fete Sao. It's still there. It's an amazing barbecue place with great craft beers, and uh, that's where I had my epiphany. It just you know 
the smell of the the smoked meats and the craft beers on offer and the vibe there was oh, amazing. Yeah. So I pretty much left the band a week later and started home brewing. A week wow. later. <laughs> yeah, he literally got, came home, had a shave and cut my hair and started home brewing. <laughs> you, were, you got respectable. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I was out. I was gone. And um, I was, uh, then I started to make a mess in the kitchen and my wife was really uh, pissed off and the kids weren't very happy. But it's all turned out nice in the end. Yeah. <laughs> every, every once in a while uh, or, or, or every home brewer usually goes through that where they're, they're, they're brewing beers and they're doing the thing and then they eventually get kicked out. Like you, you're, you're, you're making too much of a mess. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, go and build a man cave at the bottom of the garden and yeah. blow it up or something. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I did that. I, I did that. And, and actually what happened was it was that place. It was Fete Sao. I, I'm going in there and seeing, tasting the barbecue and the vibe. I was like, this is it. I'm going to open a barbecue restaurant, like a you know a classic American style brew pub. And I'm going to have the brewery in the kitchen. And, uh, and I'm going to, that's it. I'm just going to go for it. So that was my goal and my aim. So I started, yeah. started homebrewing towards that as a, a kind of menu to pair with hmm. um so that's where a lot of my original ideas came from was driven by the food was driven by the you know the kind of infusions and stuff we were going to use in the menu um so basically i started brewing a, a smoked porter uh, the smog rocket um yes. which is a real typical kind of old industrial london style beer uh, to go with the beef ribs because you know the beef ribs are all kind of charry and smoked and molassesy, um, and then the eight ball, which is a rye IPA, that was to go with the pork ribs, that kind of spice and dry and the kind of earthiness of the the pork and the and the rye went really well. So okay. that's where I started. Well, hang Kept on a second because you're not only making me thirsty but hungry, right. and I can't do anything about the hunger. But uh, I have okay. we have a lot of your beer here. Uh, what should okay. we open while we're talking about this stuff? What's the first beer yeah. that you want us to try? And how come you didn't send us well, any meat? <laughs> yeah, where's these ribs, yeah. man? What's going on? I, I, should, I should have. The next time you're in London, you must come because it's a great experience. All right. um, done. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I know we sent you a bunch, and I think the uh, is there a couple of unlabeled cans there? Because we there's uh, which is there's the 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 bloody notorious. They they are sort of unlabeled, but they have like a sort of uh, yeah, paper labels, gaffers taped yeah. around. If you take the oh, labels yeah, just, off, they yeah. will just be to unlabeled. Show you what it would be like, right? <laughs> yeah. We get the, yeah, idea. the labels. The labels have come in now, so they've been labeled. Oh, okay, um, but that was just a little prototype, just to show you what it would be like. For like um, I mean, remember. that's it. You might as well start with a nine point one percent double. Oh, yeah. You know, blood right. IPA. Right. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's not two thirty here. <laughs> No. Why wouldn't yeah. we? I'm just cracking into my triples now. That's, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. that's, 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 you are a dad. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there, man. Don't even worry about it. So, in, in your place, what are the best? What's the best selling style of beer? You know, what are the people uh, in, in, seem to go Jukes, after? Well, Duke, yeah, in our in in the restaurant, which is still going, um, Duke's is so it's barbecue driven. It's a restaurant, so we do have a great array of beers. There's like sixty different craft beers to choose from, um, you know, on on keg and in the fridge. Um, but because people are going there for a more, uh, I don't know, maybe it's more of a restaurant experience. Yeah. Um, a lot of the more extravagant styles of beer or the bigger ABV beers tend not to be, uh, you know, drunk en masse. Um, so a lot of people are going for, you know, the IPA, the pale ale, right. maybe some nice Berliner Weisses in there and stuff. But, um, yeah, but but at the brewery, we, uh, we've we moved now. Obviously, we've moved like three or four times now. So now we're up in North London in Tottenham. Um, and we brew a boatload of different, <laughs> boatload of different things, which is, <laughs> which is great. 
and then yeah, you, you serve those beers blo- there. You too. drinking bloody notorious? Yeah, we yeah. just cracked it right open. Okay, so that's a that's a that's a beer in collaboration uh, with some good friends of ours, Boneyard, who are from uh, Bend in Oregon. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah, we party with those guys. Those guys are crazy. They'll kill you. Yeah, they're yeah. likely to kill yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They are mad, but lovely mad. And uh, yes. yeah, we brewed way. a couple of times with them now. And one of the things Tony, the, the brewmaster there, loves is hops. So, um, yeah. and I love hops. And he wanted to, he wanted to, you know, mess around with some fruit infusions because we, we do a lot of Beaver Town with, with some different zests and juices. And, uh, and we do a blood orange IPA called Bloody L. And he does a beer called Notorious, which is a triple IPA. So we thought, oh, let's just, you know, let's just keep it easy and simple. Let's just put the two recipes together. <laughs> you took it down from a triple to a double. <laughs> Compromise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a shed load of uh, blood orange juice and zest. Um, real simple grain bill and uh, citron mosaic Amarillo and a real clean kind of U.S. style yeast strain. It tastes great. It smells. Yeah. The, the aroma is amazing. Yeah, it's got a it's the, crazy. The blood orange and hops like tie in blood. together really well. Yeah, they really do. So yeah, it's just it's the, dangerous. Yeah. Well, that's not all malt though. You have sugar in there too, right? Dextrose. Yeah, yeah. We got a bunch of dextrose in there to thin it out and yeah, make it easier. You kind of sure. have to with a beer like no, that. No, I'd be too malty if you. Yeah. Well, and if, yeah, if yeah. you if you made up all that sugar with or uh, the the with malt essentially instead of dextrose afterwards, wouldn't that cover up? The kind of delicate flavors in the, the It'd be like the a barley zest. A barley, that's the difference between a double or triple IPA is you use sugar instead of malt. Yeah. So it'd be just like a barley wine. Hmm. Like cloying is sweet. Let's hmm. pop it up like crazy. That, that's it, exactly. And I don't like my uh, my IPAs and my doubles and my triple IPAs like that. I like them real kind of dry. Um, so this beer, for example, ferments really low on gravity. Uh, on, on Plato, I don't know, maybe it was at like one and a half or two. Finishing, uh, so yeah, really dry, wow. really, really easy, really yeah. easy on the palate. That's mm. super dry. And with an American ale, yeah, yeah. That's oh great. yeah, <laughs> it's a ripper. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tasty beer, man. I don't usually go for these kind of things, but that's good. Yeah, and and I think part of the problem is these beers are generally not this dry, and I think maybe that's yeah. what I like. Mm. I think yeah. I think I like it more dry. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, like I mean, drink, like this. drinking, having the opportunity to come over and drink a lot of stuff like uh, Pliny and uh, Pliny the Elder and, and, and beers in that kind of tilt. Mm. Um, that's it. They're just sessionable, you know, eight or nine percent beers. Yeah. What more do you want? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is very, very dangerous. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, that's what makes a good beer. And clearly that's what people want. I mean, you look at look at Pliny, look how popular that thing is. Well, in the UK, you know, we're all about session. Um, but if you can make a 9% beer sessionable, then, you know, hey, hey everyone's happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shorter session. What, what kind of base malt did you use? Did you use Ameris Otter or did you get some American no, we, Turo or we, something sent over? We use a great malt. We use a great maltster um, called Simpsons Malt, who are Scottish and like fifth generation maltster. And uh, we use their Extra Pale, oh, okay. which is basically like... Uh, like a Pilsner malt, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so really low in color and um, really, um, yeah, we can really ferment it out and the attenuation is really good. Gets it right down low. Yeah. Let me jump back to your home brewing uh, real quick, Logan. Yeah. So you were so you opened up a barbecue joint, which to me sounds crazy. I, I, when I think of, uh, you know, someone opening a restaurant up in England, I don't think American style <laughs> barbecue. Yeah. So you use mustard-based sauce or vinegar-based sauce? That's the question. North or south, where <laughs> right. did you go? Yeah. Vinegar or mayonnaise? We're, we're in, 
we're a mix. We're a mix. We're, we're kind of bastard of, of, of things, but I'd, I'd say right it was more leaning it. into a kind of Texan style. Okay. Texan. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. All right, good. So, right, yeah, all about the rub. All about yes. the rub and the smoke. Right, yeah, the sauce is on the side. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, slow and low. So the beef ribs are in there for about 16 hours. Oh. Uh, oh, wow. The pulled pork's in there for about 20, 24 hours. The... <laughs> The long pork ribs are in there for about 12 hours. Um, different rubs, different, different types of wood. Literally two people in the studio just looked at me and mouthed, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it's We try and be as traditional as we can to yeah. the craft of, of, of American-style barbecue. Um, we've got some great smokers in that we imported from the U.S., and and I think we do Jeez. a great job. Um, yeah, and we get a lot of positive comments from guys from the u.s from kansas and texas and places like oh. that so that's that's really good well, the oh, guys from awesome. texas think it's good then you're you're bona fide then you're yeah and you got the, the, the <laughs> kansas <laughs> city approval there and then you got the kansas city uh, they like barbecue it too. judges yeah, so yeah. there's no there's no slouches yeah. either right, so there's a lot so you open up this barbecue joint and you, you start homebrewing and you're you're making beers to pair with the food so it seemed like right away you knew kind of that beer and food were the thing those are the things that you really wanted to focus on yeah, that concentration to begin with, as especially as a home brewer, um, when you you can, I guess you can jazz on many different styles and and push many different recipes. Um, but I really wanted to concentrate and and just go step by step, and therefore I just brewed the eight ball, the rye IPA, and the smog rocket, the smoke porter, as much as I could. Um, yeah, and that that was it. And then working on uh, the having the recipe in mind um, and the menu in mind, sorry, um, was key. <laughs> and I think for when we started, you know, starting as a small brewery, we, I moved from my 25, what is it like five gallon, I think homebrew kit mm-hmm. to the brewery that was in the kitchen originally, which was, uh, like, I don't know, six, what is it like six barrel, maybe us barrels. Okay. Um, so again, not very big. Um, but you know, it was a lot more beer than, uh, than the five gallon. So, and I wanted to get it right. So, yeah, I'd be brewing in the day uh, and then I'd be serving the beer at night on the bar. And I did that for about the first six months. And I learned a lot, you know, from the people, from the drinkers who were coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, tr- I trusted them. I trusted their palates. And uh, I just put it to work on the recipe and just kept honing and trying to make it better, really. Were these, now, were these uh, experienced craft beer drinkers, for lack of a better term, or were they just your, your standard cask? Uh, here's an ESB kind of a guy coming in trying to drink a smoked porter and give you feedback yeah. on how well it pours with the barbecue beef ribs. It was a mix. It was okay. a mix because at that point we started four years ago. Um, and I'd say the craft industry, the craft brewing industry at that time was just about to kick um, pretty heavily. Um you know, I mean, I guess people like Brewdog and Thornbridge and the likes, they've been going since, uh, you know, maybe nearly 10 years now, I guess. Mm. Um, but when we started four years ago, it was still kind of, there was, oh man, I don't know what there was. There was maybe 11 breweries in London mm. at the time when, uh, when we decided, when I decided to go for it. And then when we opened, there was 22, Wow! <laughs> um, but, but four years on, there's now like 90 in Jeez. London. So, wow. Yeah, the whole market has changed. The drinkers evolved. Um, yeah, so no, it was different. It was there was a lot of cask drinkers back then, and but there was also this kind of underground movement of people wanting more for their experience. You know. So you're saying the dominant styles that were being made amongst these 80 new breweries, it was American style, or they did traditional styles as well. 
No, na- nowadays. I mean, with those, so back in, back four years ago, there were a couple of breweries who were really pushing, you know, American driven IPAs, bringing over some great hops from the US, from Australia, New Zealand, um, and really pushing that kind of West Coast style. Um, well, that way you could get it fresh, yeah, right? So like, a lot of times what you're, what you're getting in bottles and your package wasn't as fresh as you could make locally. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. You'd be getting a lot of the big brewers sending over stuff. And, you know, to begin with, to my palate, it was like, oh, wow, that, yeah, that's different. But it mm-hmm. kind of tastes a little bit kind of uh, caramelly and maybe a little yeah. bit like cardboard. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so the beers yeah. had aged, you know, and sure. that was, yeah. you know, my palate be- became a little bit more kind of attuned to that stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, drinking, you know, like breweries like The Colonel, um, who's a, another amazing brewer in uh, in London, drinking some of his IPAs Love his back then was it just blew my mind and i was like wow this is it you know um that's cool yeah so i mean we we didn't brew our first pale ale for the first six months i don't think jeez um so you which is usually people's first thing to go to (laughs) right well something lighter in abv yeah so you started out doing a smoked porter in a barbecue joint and so i figured that would be the best scenario in order to try to sell a, a commercial batch of a smoked beer because I know yeah. a lot of brewers here would be afraid, like, as much as I love a good Rauch beer, I'm never going to make one at my pub or whatever because it'll be around forever. That's true. I, I, the, the smoke style is not very popular in the U.S. Is it, is it at least uh, approachable in the U.K. over there? You know, again, when I started, you know, starting off with a rye IPA and a smoke porter, um, yeah, I think maybe breweries had brewed those styles before, but they hadn't gone, okay, this is our core range to start with. Right. Um, so it was a bit of a kind of ballsy move, but it, it defined in my head what I wanted to do and how we were going to drive ourselves stylistically from the off, I guess. So it's, we've never looked back, it. you know, of being slightly left field. Yeah. I just opened the Rye IPA because uh, I'm hearing you talk about it and uh, yeah. I want to I know what the hell you're talking about. So eight ball, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. almost like a, a bit more of a kind of East Coast IPA. There's a little bit of kind of rye crystal in there, um, some plain rye as well. There's about a twenty percent, I think, between the two in the grist. So pretty heavy on the rye. So you get that kind of spicy earthiness, yeah. um, but you also get that kind of juiciness of the the slight crystal malt coming through with uh, with some lovely New Zealand hops dry hops and uh yeah it's 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 one of our most loved beers uh, that still goes and it's still the same homebrew recipe which is is it really cool oh nice yeah you 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 brewed it once and it was a hit and you're like well that's done now what's next well actually you were getting new zealand hops four years ago yeah 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 (laughs) we we were we we were getting you know we were getting some good u.s hops and some good kiwi hops uh some australian hops as well um yeah, we you know there's a couple of big distributors that bring the hops in from from those countries and in the beginning when I was tiny you know on the six barrel kit yeah. you know just as a kind of startup I had to fight for for every bit of citra or you know every leaf of citra or amarillo I could get my hands on um you know to construct recipes that I really wanted to to drive forward so how were, yeah, it was tough. In the, it was tough. How, how were you uh, finding out about these ingredients? Just you know, uh, your travels into the U.S. or talking with U.S. brewers, maybe that you had met, or, or kind of just uh, oh, that sounds interesting. Let me just see what I can throw together. Yeah. So as a home brewer sitting in London in my kitchen um, to begin with, it was all about reading. It was all about buying books. Mm. It was all about reading forums, um, listening to podcasts. Right? Podcast, right? Yeah, listen yeah. to podcasts. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, of course. That's a given. You were going to say that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was 
getting to that. I was getting to that. Yeah. Do you the follow him on Instagram? <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. Um, so you were, so yeah, yeah, you had to read books. That's right. That's yeah. You're lucky yeah, yeah. to speak read, English. Read books, listen to podcasts, um, and and then just experiment as much as possible. You know, within those recipes that I was doing. Um, and understanding the nuances of different hops and you know it was such a big learning curve um and that's why i still class myself as a homebrew you know because that's mm-hmm. that's kind of where i i dug my teeth into it and yeah i, I love the fact that that's where i started and and actually now you know it's we have five brewers we have six brewers if you count me at the brewery um and they're all educated through Harriet Watt or Vine Stefan, or they've gone to, you know, Siebel or whatever it might be. Um, so I'm in awe of those guys. When we sit down and have brewery meetings, you know, now it's like, Christ, what are these guys talking about? <laughs> they know all the ingredients. They know how much fans in each malt and all that stuff, right? Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. but, you know, I, I, I'm still super creative. And we, you know, we, we drive everything together as a team. Yeah. Um, yeah, and my inspiration comes from... It comes from a lot of food, you know, and a lot of desserts or a lot of kind of no. cocktails. Um, so implementing them into beer recipe and no. is where I really, where I really come into it. I guess another way to exercise your palate. How do you go about yeah. doing that? So you, you know, you have. Uh, well, actually, that's a perfect segue. Uh, I saw that you did a collaboration beer with our good friend Jamil over at Heretic. He's a legend. He's such a lovely man. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, we did. He is a good dude, and uh, we uh, we brewed, uh, yeah, we brewed a, a wit um, called Peacher Man, and that was based on, you know, as you do with collaborations across many thousands of miles, you start emailing each other. Okay, what do you, what should we do? And and I just, uh, I don't know why, but I was just looking into some classic American desserts, and I saw the peach cobbler. Oh God, um, yes, mm, I and love I thought, peach cobbler. I, I put it to Jamil. I was like, let's let's make the peach cobbler into a beer. <laughs> that's well, kind of weird so huh? that was it yeah. what did he say to that he was like yeah man yeah He's that's so great cool. you know we, we just we just chose a nice wit strain to go with um and then we chose the, the kind of infusions and it was peach juice and puree and some uh vanilla pods and some i think lemon zest in there as well yeah um, check this t- tell me one of the Okay. Uh, tell me that doesn't sound good, Ted. Tell, listen to this list for ingredients. Uh, okay. Peaches, of course, toasted oats, lemon zest, sugar, bourbon, vanilla pods. Fermented out with a delicate Belgian wit ale strain uh, to complement uh, the fruit and the spice. And then dry hopped with Nelson Savin. Uh, yeah. I just, I mean, come on. Are you serious? That yeah, sounds can, pretty darn good. I can taste it in my mind yeah. already. So is Bevo taking notes for what we're eating tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Barbecue and cobbler, Bevo. So you came, did you come out here and brew with him or did he go over there? No, he came over. He was on a trip over to the to the UK. So we, um, yeah, we hooked up. But I've been out to Heretic. Um, oh, one of the guys, one of the, one of the guys who works there actually um, went through UC Davis and um, Charlie Bamforth, one of the the, the great professors of brewing, yeah. the Pope of Foam, as he's called, yes. uh, reached birthday. out to me. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. And he reached out. And anyway, the, um, John, this guy, he came over and he worked with us for three months, and then he went back and got a job at Heretic. So we've kept in touch. And oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's just an, yeah, that's really awesome. So how do you how do you take a beer or take a dessert like a peach cobbler and layer it into a beer? I mean, you know, we read the the ingredients, but I mean, it's it seems like if it's not done well, 
It could kind of be heavy lemon zest or heavy vanilla bean, and nobody really likes a, a, a super heavy either of those flavors, I would think. How do you, yeah, how do, it just how do you takes approach a, that? a lot of consideration, you know, into your ingredients. And we, we take a lot of time, whether we're doing, you know, whether you make a tea with some zest or, or you use the pods or you might use some hops, just so you get a better understanding of what you're going to extract. Yeah. Um, and again, it just comes down to flair and palate then, really, and training your palate and understanding what you're using and and then kind of brewing with... Um, with conviction and going, you know what, this is going to turn out all right. <laughs> you, you have confidence and you just go for it. Yeah, 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 kind of, to your best of abilities and knowledge. Um, and now that we're four years down the road, we've used a lot of infusions, we've used a lot of zests, for example, and um, now we kind of know ballpark figures of what we're gonna what we're going to get, I guess. Yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense, Experience I suppose. counts yeah. a lot, for sure. Yeah. So the people yeah. that drink the peach beer, do they, do they, are they familiar with the peach... Uh, cobbler itself or are they just drinking it sort of in a vacuum no i think they're um no i I guess i don't know actually i've never i haven't been into a bar yet and gone hey guys you get what this is Um, you get the gist of the the reviews on it have been great but we you know we've done if you take the style like a berliner vice we do a a lot of uh, berliner vices um throughout the season uh throughout the year and uh and one of those you know the berliner vice as a style is a great kind of background to infuse on it's such a delicate malt base and delicate kind of starting block um so for example using earl grey tea and lemon zest you know i'm I'm obsessed with uh lemon iced teas you know like what do you call it in the states is it uh honor palmer yeah Yeah, lemonade and iced tea yeah. yeah yeah That's it. So making a, an Arnold Palmer into a beer, you know, how do you sure. do that? And uh, Oh, geez, how do you do that? Um, well, yeah, you just kind of dry zest with uh, or dry hop or dry tea with Earl Grey and you use some lemon zest in there. And, you know, the the tartness of the of the Berliner Weiss itself lends itself really well. And all of a sudden you've got the most amazing alcoholic iced tea. <laughs> Are you one of those guys who, who goes around and like tastes everything and sniffs everything? Like you'll be at a market and you'll just you can't leave the herb section for like 20 minutes because you're just smelling everything. Or do you kind of inherently know what would be good there's there's some people who have that there's like foodies who, who kind of have that and parlay that into you know into their cooking like chefs right but uh, on, on yeah. the beer side I, th- I think it's a little complex i'm a sniffer, I love, a sniffer. I love sniffing okay. all right yeah yeah me too. in there and just getting my <laughs> nose in there and having a good old sniff what's your favorite smell? Um, what's your favorite favorite smell in 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 the in this whole world of beer <laughs> it was a softball Ooh, you gave to me. That's a weird, I had, creepy I know, question. But I had to ask it because we were talking about smells, Bev. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I would ever go to... Yeah. That wouldn't be the question I would go to, but... What do you like shoving your nose in? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, well, there's a, that's a, quite a personal question. Um, <laughs> well, that's why I, I couched it in the beer world. Oh, because you were, you know, you were in a couple a bands. One. You were on tour. The God knows what you've smelled. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, I, I tried to keep it clean. It was a family show. Um, I, don't, I don't know, you know. I mean, there's so many times I walk in the brewery and go, oh, my God, what's that? And it could have we just we could have just dumped some yeast with some dry hops in there. You know, that amazing kind of bio transformation that goes on yes. between the two. Yeah. Um, it might be sniffing a, a new kind of 
you know, a scotch whiskey barrel that we've got and there's still like three litres in the bottom, oh, you know, God. that we're kind of draining out and yes. drinking with a straw all day. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know, really. Um, okay. But then, yeah, definitely um, going around markets and sniffing and, and, and tasting. I even end up sniffing glasses of water. You know, you start spinning a glass of water. That's, that's when you know you're... Uh, you know you're mad. <laughs> yeah. I like smelling fresh bags of uh, potato chips. <laughs> oh, unopened <laughs> bags of potato chips. No, op- well, oh. unopened too. But, you know, oh, you yeah. pop that first, you open it, and you just kind of sniff it. And my wife always goes, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh. I, just, I don't yeah. know. I'm smelling it, man. It smells good. That's why you don't get potato chips at home. That's why I don't get a lot of things at home. <laughs> I like smelling rubber as well. Have you ever smelled like fresh rubber? You know, when you open like a new basketball and you smell the ball? I don't like that smell, but I know that smell. Um, Like walking into like a, walking into like a tire shop. Yeah. Or a newly printed book. Do you prefer gasoline or diesel? (laughs) Gas. Oh, I'm more of a diesel guy. Yeah, that's too bad. We can't be friends. Yeah, right. Uh, let's get back to the beer, Logan. I'm sorry. I, I went on a tangent. Uh, what beer should we drink next? I have this barrel-aged Sour Power. Should we crack that or yeah. save that for a little bit? Do that. that do that's that. a wonderful beer. That All is, right. um, again, this is another uh, tangent <clears throat> that we've been able to go on. I've wanted to, to go into uh, the kind of more wild critters and bacterias um, from day one, but we've we've always been kind of brewing and uh We've always done everything in the same environment, I guess. And I've never had the confidence to, to breach into a more wild kind of program. Um, up until 18 months ago, we took on a separate warehouse. And so now we've got the perfect segregation. We've got a little brew area with my original kit, a six-barrel kit. Um, we've got three stainless fermenters, and we've got about 200 barrels on the go, and we've got some fooders coming in. Um, and now we get to go crazy and start learning on uh you know what is a completely different landscape of wild yeast and bacteria yeah. um oh, so wow. this beer barrel age sour power is uh is basically um the primary fermentation was with a kind of dupont strain of a saison strain um and it was infused with red currants and sour cherries and then we barreled uh, a half of that batch into burgundy red wine barrels from france oh wow for about 80 18- 18 months and we put some brett lambicus which is a lovely form of britannomyces um and 18 months he went through this journey of being you know a bag of a bag of crap most of the time and then uh, <laughs> 18 months <laughs> 18 months later you know the bread had sorted itself out the fruit was in a really nice place um everything was just bang on the character of the barrel was there and uh so we packaged it and um it's a, again it's a, a collaboration we did maybe two years ago now um with Mickler and uh, arizona wilderness who are both good friends of ours is that what happens uh, a lot so with, yeah. those, with those sour beers and, and the barrel programs where you just kind of end up with a stinker until one day it turns around is that kind of normal i think it's all about faith in the yeah. yeast you know in the godly thing that is the yeast and um and trusting it you know and tending looking after it as best you can um giving it the right conditions um just yeah tending for its needs i guess <laughs> <laughs> it's a baby how do you i mean how do you at what point do you call it at what point do you go we're gonna we're gonna this is a dumper it's no way it's recovering well or do I mean, you as do I say we've, we've got 
so, yeah, we've got like we've got about two hundred barrels on the go at the moment, and sensory of those barrels is key. Um, so depending on what it is, you know, we may wait, you know, a month or two to to even crack the barrel to even take a little siphon of it to see where it's at. Okay. Um, and then once you know that it's coming into a, a zone, then you you know you're constantly on top of it a little bit more and, until it's bang on and you're ready to go. Um, yeah, I mean, with some barrels, we've got a couple from early on that that uh, perhaps didn't turn out right but you know their characteristics um may be positive if they're blended um so we're, we're not going to throw anything away as yet <laughs> because okay. they, well, keep they that, may keep that as an open possibility <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it'll happen one day i'm sure if you don't dump beer you're not a brewer <laughs> no, there is. There are occasions when you've got to dump, yeah. and um, yeah. there's no doubt about that. Which is which is fair enough, and you've got to make that call, sure. uh, which is heartbreaking, but you've got to do it. Um, but it's hard with some sour, of the they go south, and they go north and south all the time. Yeah, yeah. A couple of barrels might have a bit too much acetic going on, but you know that blended in with another beer may add a really nice kind of uh, level within that beer, a nice kind of um, yeah, a little tangent, I guess, of flavor and character. Mm-hmm. How do you add the uh, the cur- did you did you add the all the fruit into the barrel or is this is this actual fruits did you put juice how did you uh, how did you build this up Yeah we basically use the red currants and sour cherries towards the end of the primary fermentation okay. um so we dumped them in as the yeast was just finishing off so that chewed through a bit of the sugar oh, okay. left a bit of the character in there and then we we uh yeah we moved into the into the barrels and i believe with that we added a little bit more fruit into the wood as well mm-hmm. um as we went through um the process um yeah and that was it pretty much because the character is is great i think that the kind of balance of the fruits and a little bit of the wine coming through and that kind of sour coming through naturally, I think, from a little bit of the barrel, but also the fruit. Yeah, so, right. it's very good. Ted, what do you think about this beer, dude? It's excellent. It's really it's, good, right? Yeah, it's excellent. What, what, the, the thing that I keep on hearing being described here, and I wonder if we miss out of this over in the States, many allusions to tea. And I'm curious if that <laughs> develops um, the, the English palate in a different way than the Americans ever would because the descriptions he's using, the words, the terminology, very different than what we'd use here in the States, but it's very direct and upfront. Like when you were talking about the peach cobbler and the things in there, yeah. it, you could taste the descriptions. And that's really just could. something that was, it, it's, it was very, it was not ostentatious. It was very direct, but it, it's something I've been paying attention to and hearing all the terminology and all the descriptors he's used for all these beers, it's it's it makes sense for lack of a better term. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I don't understand you guys half the time, so I'm glad I'm making sense. <laughs> making perfect sense. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, we are. No, it is. It's. I guess I don't because I don't maybe come from like a trained background as well. Um, I, I I worked with a lot of great chefs, and I think. Um, when I was when I was in my bands um, to make money because you don't make any money in music. Um, no. I, 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 Same is true here I for beer. I don't know how you're doing that. But. <laughs> I worked in a couple of uh, events companies in London, and we worked with some great chefs. Um, and uh, and just listening to them and their construction of recipe and their use of ingredients was you know was 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 inspirational for me trying to apply that I guess to my beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it comes from a kind of natural, as you say, a kind of more tactile, more so than a scientific maybe hmm. background. By the way, is there is there a Spurs specific beer for you guys? Spurs? 
Yeah, is there, is there a Spurs-specific beer for you? You're, I'm looking at the website. I'm seeing Tottenham on the map, so I'm just curious if there is, uh, if, they, if by proximity you've got to have something. If you're like any American brewery, I would just it would seem that there would be right right in line with that. The hometown, right? yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, no, um, I'm a Wolverhampton Wanderers fan. Oh, okay, um, there's the Charlie uh, Bamford tie, yeah. and there you go. Yeah. The, exactly, yeah. you got it. That's it. That's how me and Bamforth uh, became mates. Um, <laughs> it's a fu- it's a funny story, but I'll, I'll tell you another time. But yeah, um, no, Tottenham is uh, yeah they're up the road. Actually, they're building a new stadium, a massive new stadium, mm-hmm. and wow. hopefully, um, you know, this is the great thing. You can see um, they want to have maybe like twenty percent of the beer in the stadium to be craft beer. Yeah, wow, which is a hell of, hell of a step for That's- an English you know, uh, soccer stadium yeah. to, to take that on board. Um, but they've been over to the States a lot. Uh, the, the guys who are building it and, um, and the guys who are doing all the, uh, the food and stuff and the drink and they've been massively inspired by what they've seen in the U S. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get some beer into the stadium, but I don't know if it's going to be a Tottenham specific. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'd cry if I had to do that. <laughs> Do you get uh, any any blowback? Do you see any blowback uh, uh, from people who are like big camera supporters or, or kind of steeped in the uh, tradition? We're going down to the pub for pints of mild and ESBs and all this this newfangled American style beers and American style food kind of coming yeah. over. Is that is that is that creating any waves or, or does it even really matter? you at all um i think to camera you know taking those guys in point um they are a very powerful beer ale organization uh with 180,000 members um i just wish they could be more proactive in in caring about great beer instead of just cask beer you know yeah Yeah. Uh, i think they've got so much to offer as a group of enthusiasts and obsessives um, but I think if they just lent themselves to great kegged, you know, ale, um, it's it's exactly the same thing. You know, it's it's just yeah. I know that they have their definitions and they have to abide by that. But wouldn't it all be nice if we could just live under the same, you know, in a, in a nice world together? <laughs> yeah. At, at some it point, is- at some point, all of the the, the definitions and the the uh, you know uh, segmentation kind of gets old. Yeah. And well, kind of, yeah, and kind of tiring. The head there. Yeah, it's just it's you know yes, you, you, and you're right. With a craft beer, it doesn't matter what style needs to be taken care of properly and needs to be served properly. It doesn't matter if it's in a cask or not. Sure, cask beers uh, probably require a little bit more attention than uh, your normal kind of keg beers, but uh, for the most part, it's it's all the same. It's all created with love. It's all created with attention, and and uh, let's promote let's promote everything. It's good for everybody. Just promoting great ale, you know, great beer in general yeah. is is the key. Um, and I think you, you've made another good point there about the serving of beer. Um, that's key in the UK because, you know, there's a lot of sellers out there. There's a lot, and I'm sure it's the same in the States. There's a lot of people who need help and education to better understand their lines, you know, and cleaning their lines and dispense. Yeah. And, um, and basically, you know, it's up to us as brewers to keep brewing great beer, and it's also up to the the publicans or the, the bar managers to dispense great beer and, and look after it. You know, otherwise, Joe Bloggs, who's having a pint and it comes through dirty lines, is going to have you know um, not such a great experience of his first craft beer, for example. You know, and that, that's exactly. that's killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll kill your buzz real quick. Well, it kills yeah, the, it would. kills the industry. Yeah. Kills uh, the industry. Yeah, which is the worry you know around here. Uh, our publicans are in the same position here. They have a lot of control over what people drink and how much of it they get to drink. 
uh, depending yeah. on how knowledgeable the public it is, it's either a good bar or not so good bar. Right. And and usually they blame the brewery. Yeah. Not not the yeah. pub. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Totally. Even on pricing, we get blamed, and it's like, hang on, we sell our beer at a certain price. <laughs> right. It's a yeah. pub or the bar to yeah. sell it. What they want to sell it. At. That's education. Uh, we we just we need to teach everybody a little bit more about what's happening. Uh, Logan, do you know what? That's sorry. Go on. No, you you go ahead, please. I was just saying that education is killer. It's, mm. it's absolutely essential. And that's what we're doing at the moment is, um, you know, for example, our, our sales team has grown recently. Um, and, and now they're out on the street. You know, they're working with the accounts. They're giving them as much service as they can and, and giving them as much advice. Cause that's, you know, from a brewer's perspective to work with the accounts is, is absolutely essential. Um, so yeah, it's a big part of what we're doing at the moment. That's awesome. Uh, hang on a second. Let me uh, take a break. If you want to hang out, Logan, for about four or five minutes, grab yourself another triple IPA or whatever you're drinking. Um, and then we'll come back and and talk more beer. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go and make a cup of tea. (laughs) That's nice. Uh, Milk or or, or no milk? Oh, no, just a squeeze of lemon. There you go. All right. All right. uh, Hang on a second, Uh, Logan. We'll be back with you in just a second. And then for those of you listening, it's the session. We're hanging out with Logan from Beavertown Brewing over in the UK. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Know the three most important rules in brewing sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, sanitation. Clean lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800 782 7019. 800 782 7019 and get the Five Star treatment today that's it i've had it i am never putting hops in my beer again what why it's just too ridiculous insane prices stupid contracts high shipping costs crappy selection dude you need nico brew nico brew will rock your f-ing face right the f- off your f-ing skull five dollars shipping to all 50 states plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on nico brew's great selection of hops and more whether you're a home brewer a pro brewer or a homebrew shop owner nico brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small single orders spot buys or full contracts and there's only one place to join the uber special secret elite bare bones club where you'll get the best deals in Anywhere. Holy shit. NicoBrew.com. N I K O B R E W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. For more than 20 years, White Labs has collected yeast strains from around the world and kept them locked away. 
until now. Through the Yeast Vault, they are now releasing new, creative, and unique strains. Most have never been used in commercial products. Some have names you can barely pronounce. And all are uniquely white labs in quality and performance. Now they're giving you the opportunity to unlock the vault. Here's how it works. Pick the yeast you want from the vault. As soon as 500 people have chosen that yeast, your card will be charged and your yeast will go into production. A short time later, a fresh White Labs Pure Pitch package will show up at your door, ready to make the beer you've always wanted to brew. For the first time, White Labs is letting you into their secret yeast vault, unlocking access to hundreds of strains never available before. Join the White Labs Customer Club for first access to the vault. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the Brewers Association at craftbeer.com, also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. You're tuned into the session because life's too short to listen to crappy radio. All right. Thanks for hanging out, everyone. You're still welcome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Before we get back to Logan here, I do want to tell you guys uh, what's happening at the AHA. What's happening at the AHA? The American Homebrew Association. Well, they're having a membership drive, Warren. Oh. Uh, They have a special offer, actually, for the Brewing Network uh, listeners. You can join or renew your AHA membership in June and receive six ounces of Mosaic Hops from BSG free with your membership. Just visit homebrewersassociation.org and use code BNAHA or, as you so eloquently pointed out the other day, Banaha. I did. I did say that. Yeah. So uh, if I if I renew, let's see, about fifty times, will I get six ounces times fifty in order to do a batch at if the you, brew pub? If you pay for fifty fifty years of AHA, assuming you'll live that long, I think they would right. send it to you. They would, would have it? to, I guess. Yeah, is, is it or six is that considered per year? one renewal? Right, that's that's what I'm asking. I need, let's, I need get Gary the, let's get Gary <laughs> on the phone right now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, offerings June thirtieth or while supplies last. Visit homebrewersassociation.org and use code Banaha. That's B N A H A. Pretty fascinating stuff. Look at that. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> All right, let's talk to Logan again. Logan, you still there, buddy? You fall asleep. 
No, no, I've just uh, just been tending my tea bags. <laughs> that's, that's, a, a perfect, that's what LeBron does. That's slang for something over there, I think. <laughs> I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what beer should we drink, man? How about this neck oil? Yeah, yeah, neck oil is. Um, should we crack that? Okay, so this is yeah, it's a session session IPA, four point three percent. It's got a great story, actually. The neck oil, it's. Uh, it's a great term from where, where I'm from in the West Midlands <clears throat> in England. It's a, a term that my great granddad used to say when he was going down the pub for a pint after work. He'd, he'd shout up to his wife and he'd say, I'm going down the pub for a pint of neck oil <laughs> to basically oil his neck. You know, right. um, that's funny. And my dad used to tell me the story about it. And I just thought, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, well, that's a great name for a beer. Um, so, yeah, you know, as soon as I, I, I opened the brewery, one of those beers was going to be neck oil and it was going to be something that was sessionable and quaffable. Um, and actually, it was one of the earlier brews that I was messing around with. Um, but originally, it was a best bitter, <laughs> uh, believe it or not. <laughs> wow. And I, I couldn't, that's I was trying to recreate this beer. I was trying to recreate this beer that I used to drink when I was back in the day, you know, with my friends when I was 18 or 19. Um, and I could never get it. So I just twisted it on its head, stripped back the malt bill, kept it real pale, um, and then loaded it um, with a lot of, um, what are we using in there? It's like, um, I think there's some Amarillo, Mosaic, Galaxy, and Vic Secret. Um, so pretty tropical, kind of papyri, mangoey on the nose, and then just real dry and crisp. Yeah, totally. Wow. Wait, what was the, what was the last yeah. set of hops that you put in? Victoria's Secret? So Vic Secret from Australia and Galaxy, those two, okay. um, right. which, which is a nice combo. And then the Amarillo and some Mosaic as well. I think there's a little bit of Centennial and Simcoe in the actual boil itself as well. Tasty, what do you think about that? Um, that very good. Coffee. I love the body and it's a good, good job on a, uh, well, you can call it a session beer. I'll call it that too. Yeah, that's it. It's 4.3. It's just something you can sit on all day. It's kind of like, I guess, our, I don't know, for one for a better word, like a stepping stone beer. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's really important to appeal um, to people who maybe are, you know, not as savvy into their beer styles or into craft beer. and Maybe they're still looking to make that move away from, you know, kind of fizzy, carbonated, mass-produced you know, crap, um, into <laughs> drinking something sure. that's, that's great. Um, uh, and I, I think, yeah, yeah Neckle just, you know, it fits, it's just light, it's crisp, um, it's got great aroma, it's just, you know, thirst quenching and, and just a great thing to sit on, so. I think Tasty, yeah, it's kind of, I think Tasty was keyed in on something, it's, I think it's the body. body. To me, that puts I think together. you're getting that from, like, layering of the hops. you got eight different hops in this beer, which I think gives you two Is things. One, it gives you, like, hop body, and it also gives you options when you can't get a one of them, you still got the other seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's to bear in mind as well with hop contracts. Sure. God, yeah. that's a, that's another ball ache. But um, yeah, we, that. we got that problem uh, here too. Yeah, no, we um, we use a little bit of. Uh, I think we use some carapils in there just to open the body up and leave a little bit of residual Very sweetness. Um, and then we mash in. Oh. We mash in quite high uh-huh. high temperature. Nice. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, we got the right idea. <laughs> You're getting it. It works. I, I can taste it in the beer. Yeah, it's is, delicious. Is yeah. there a certain country that's easier to get hops from between getting hops from the U.S. and Australia and New Zealand? Have you found one that is a lot easier than the others? No, it's all a pain in the ass. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so same over here. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it easy. Yeah. 
But good. yeah, I mean, we, you know, unfortunately, we don't, uh, we have done, but we don't at the moment use any British hops, even though that they are they are wonderful in certain types of beers. Um, I just feel they don't suit the style of beers that we're brewing or that I'd like to brew at the moment. Um, so yeah, as I said in the beginning, it was really hard to try and grab some you know, some hops that would make a difference, um, that I wanted to make a difference, like Citra Amarillo, you know, whether it was Centennial or Simcoe or, or now Mosaic and Equinox, or what do we have to call that now, like 366 again. Um, oh, did they change that? Yeah, they were going to get sued, I think, by a brewery, I think, called no, Equinox yeah. Brewing or something. They changed the Maybe. Name. I don't know. Oh. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. I don't think I said that. No, um, no we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll edit it out in post. It'll, yeah. be, it'll be weird. Hey guys, guess what I heard Logan say? <laughs> yeah, whoopsie. Um, yeah, no. So, so now, I mean, we've we've kind of um, we've grown as a brewery, and obviously, hops to our core range are pretty important. I think five out of the six beers we do are hop dominated, uh, dry hopped as well. So, yeah, we've had to work hard on our relationships with the hop farmers, the growers, um, and contract for you know a good five years into the future you know to try and nail down some volumes um yeah i was in yakima last year actually for selection which was an amazing experience oh nice uh i could i could spend weeks there just sniffing (laughs) (laughs) well that's what you do you wouldn't be out of place i'll I'll tell you that i i i I don't know i think i I might have grown a third nostril when i was there the (laughs) amount of kind of hops i was sticking my noses into um and I've got allergies as well. I was I was just a sucker for punishment. Oh man, look at you <laughs> staying up late here, getting allergies over yeah. there, dude. You are all over, all rock, over it. Rock and roll, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ted, let's look at. Uh, do me a favor. Sip this or uh, uh, smell your your glass. Mm-hmm. What do you get? Describe this beer to me. We're working on Ted's uh, some tasting notes for Ted here. So let's uh, let's see how Ted's doing so far. Working on tasting let's, notes. Yeah. So far. Right. Yeah. Um, Trying to improve I, his palate, his range. If I. First thing I get there, I mean, I do get some fruit forward smells. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that'd be the first thing I try and identify. Um, as uh, as I as I look through this as well, I try to. I mean, you do get a little bit. I mean, it definitely has things that I would say are akin to the classic American styles of the session. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what what's the exact question you're asking me. I just want to hear your opinion on it. Yeah, I, yeah. well, the I just beer want you to throw, good. throw out descriptors. That's all. Descriptors, yeah. I mean, I get a little bit of a fruit forward there with the nose. It was easy on the palate. It, like you guys were alluding to, I thought the body was really good. I thought it yeah. had a lot to it, as opposed to some sessions with which are thin. They're this thinner. did not have this at, yeah. at all. It actually it had good mouthfeel. It felt like I was drinking something, which I think is a problem that you run into with a lot of sessions. Is that they they it, it tastes watery. This was yes. not watery. This had right. a very forward mouthfeel, which I liked. Yeah, um, I agree. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was. I, I like it. I would drink a lot more of this if I was given the opportunity. You got a you got a future in radio. Anyone, <laughs> anyone ever tell you that, Ted? Uh, it's been brought up, but <laughs> then they laugh at me. Right. Uh, hey, Logan. Real fast about your uh, going back a little bit to your home brewing uh, careers. Do you approach? beers differently now when you when you're sitting around with uh with the, the folks at the brewery trying to design a recipe you're talking about beer is it a different approach now than when you were a home brewer maybe as far as uh, i don't know you have to uh sell this <laughs> this beer eventually and people actually have, yeah. to, have to purchase it and drink it or uh, uh an ingredient issue or is that an issue at all you kind of just you know throw whatever at the wall and see what sticks 
No, I think the consideration, as mentioned before, is key. Like you've really got to understand what you're trying to achieve from the beginning, uh, whether it's a concept within a beer like like the peach cobbler, or or whether you're really trying to nail that hop experience, you know, and extract and as much of the uh, you know that kind of bio transformation, the aromas, the the mouth feels like you were talking about before, those kind of layers of flavour that you can get from multiple dry hops, for example. Um, yeah, no, we, we we consider a lot. We sit we sit around and we uh, we talk and um, <laughs> and as I say, a lot of the guys they come with great experience now and an education, which is wonderful. Um, so they can tell me exactly what the hell I'm on about, which is nice. <laughs> um, you know, I'm always going on about oh yeah, you know the levels here and the little spikes here. You know, I want to you know experience this and how do we do that? And they kind of they help uh, they help me bring it to life, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, so no, it's, it's very much a kind of collaborative effort. Yeah. It, it, uh, but, but then it's just ensuring from start to finish that we nail, we nail it as a process and we nail it as a package, you know? Yeah. Well, it's got to take a lot of pressure off too, to have uh, such a staff that you can rely on. I, I think a, a lot of breweries here, Tasty, you, you talk to more people than I do. It seems like it's one or two man shows. And yeah, I think- they have limited you know, sensory panel. If it's just the brewer and his assistant, you've yeah. got four or five people that you trust their palates. Definitely, that's an advantage. Yeah, yeah. Do you think? Yeah, that- I mean, I think that's that. What you guys are, are talking about there is key. You know, with within our team, um, I think there's about forty three of us now at the brewery. Um, there was there was there was like nine of us when we moved there two years ago. So it's been a pretty uh, pretty fast people expansion as well as a kind of capacity expansion, and the people you know within that kind of culture of the brewery are our key you know to everything that we do you know so uh, you know the one thing i say is that we're all leaders you know it's not just me it's not uh you know it's not jen the head brewer it's not nick who does all our creative direction or or the sales guys you know everybody makes their mark on that final product Mm -hmm. during during the day um and uh and that's key so that that kind of mindset within the brewery is an, an involvement of everybody uh makes for a better workplace and i think makes for a productive workplace and and a great place to just, you know, come to work every day. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really, and hopefully the guys like that too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and I, I like that idea that, that everybody is involved and there's not, uh, you know, there might be a, a title hierarchy, but it doesn't sound like there's a, an idea yeah. hierarchy, if that makes a lot of sense. Everyone's ideas are valid and they're, they're helping to make the beer. And I think it shows with the level of creativity that you have with your, I mean, you have a lot, you have a, a wide range of, of beers for being four years old. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's it. Of course, there's there's lines, there's lines within, uh, you know, um, yeah. you know, the book stops with me, I guess, right. which is which is nice, and I want to keep it that way. You know, I, I'm very fortunate that it's it's just me and my wife that, you know, are involved um, at that level. Um, so it's nice to be able to to kind of fulfil a, a dream and a vision, um, which is which is great, and to have that flexibility, I think, in this marketplace, in the craft marketplace, and not to be you know run by accountants or whatever it might be you know it's um it's an amazing uh freedom um well we'll talk yeah. to you in 10 years Very when brilliant. you are run by accountants because you're that big that you need to be run by accountants and but by then you'll have your no, own island in bali or something yeah. <laughs> that'll be great uh what should we drink next uh, i i see in in the notes here you had mentioned either the espresso or hide um and that's like a representation of you know two of probably eight beers that we have left to choose from so what, what do you think we should drink next um do you know what why don't you go because those are two big stouts why don't you finish with one of them why don't you try the um have you got the jekyll yes we do i don't know you got it on ice i don't know but um yeah 
this is another really interesting beer that's come out of our um, out of our Tempest project, which is our barrel program. Um, and this is a, another kind of uh, a beer that was um, primary fermented with a, a Duvel yeast strain, actually a Belgian style yeast strain, and then transferred into Muscat barrels for nine months. Oh, jeez! Where where goes where it was conditioned on gooseberries and some uh, I think it was Brett Klaus Senei I think we used in that one. Okay. Um, so loads of fruit character coming forward, loads of like sour coming from the gooseberries. Um, yeah, give it a go and see what you think. And I wow. think the muscat is there as well, delicately. I'm pouring um, that. So that's a thick beer. Uh, while I hand the, the it is. While I hand the glasses <laughs> to the guys, uh, tell me about the the label art. That's one thing that's blown me away about your brewery. Your label art is amazing. It is. Um, Nick Dwyer is our uh, creative director, and uh, you know I was very lucky to have met this young man. He's a he's quite a character, um, and he used to work. He used to be um, waiting tables at Duke's Brew and Q at our restaurant. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I used to I used to be brewing in the kitchen in the day, and then he used to come in for his shift on the afternoon. Um, but he'd always have his little sketch pad there, and he'd always be doing his illustrations and doodling away. And and at that time. I really wanted to, because we were doing a lot of experimental stuff, I wanted to do, use, you know, almost like individual artists for each beer Yeah. Uh, to add another layer to that and bring the beer to life. And um, and then seeing Nick, it was just like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> you do everything that I love. It's psychedelic. It's Day of the Dead. It's skeletons. It's like Mars Attacks. It's sci-fi. You know, there's everything there, which is... Um, so as soon as I could, uh, as soon as we could afford to, to bring him on full time, um, he became a, a kind of Mister Mister Creation. So, yeah, he's pivotal to us. You know, a beer. You know, a beer. You know, when you walk into a shop and there's a thousand beers in front of you, you want it to stand out. You know, you yes. want people to go, "Oh, what's that?" Um, and Nick does that for us amazingly. And then people drink the beer and they go, fuck, this is great. You know? Not only <laughs> yeah. does it look, look cool, but it, it tastes awesome too. That's what I'm thinking um, too, man. It's very, very psychedelic, very rock and roll, very, um, I don't know, just kind of out of the norm, which I think is, yeah. I think kind of fits your beers anyways. And that was without anybody taking any LSD, which is great. <laughs> just wait. Just I don't know going. how we do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait. Like I said, in 10 years when, when Nick's running out of creative juice, he's like, man, I need to start dosing again. <laughs> <laughs> actually he, you know what he's a force as well like we'll, we'll talk about ideas maybe I'll, I'll write to him about a kind of concept for a label or or whatever and literally he'll come up with it within you know an hour or two it'll be it'll be you know on it on my desk basically he's a, he's a yeah he's a notorious um in his production and um yeah you know he, he defines what we are you know from the from yeah. the packaging i guess yeah well and la- label art is so i think underappreciated in the beer world and i think yeah. a lot of people don't spend as much time as they should on how their label comes across how it how it elevates their brand and uh yeah i don't know the, the, the first thing i saw about your about your beer uh, was the label mm. and it, it stuck with me ever since like the like the, i think when phil mentioned you guys i looked you guys up online and all your artwork has stuck with me for like three years until this point then i can actually talk to you and drink the beers and it's uh i don't know it's really cool it doesn't happen a lot it doesn't happen a lot well like you said it's the first experience isn't it that the that the the public get is is you know the, the physical look and feel of the can or the bottle yes um you know, and that's you want to hook people in straight away. And you know, I'm no kind of marketing genius, but I know what I like, and I like to be kind of stimulated straight away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we were lucky, and I think in the UK, um, again, 
you know, four or five years ago. And and even now, a lot of the old regional brewers, a lot of the family brewers, a lot of the old school brewers, they're, yeah. they're, they don't, you know, there's no consideration or care into maybe, I don't know, maybe that's what they like. But uh, I just think you can be a lot more creative, not just with your brewing, but with the look and feel of the product. Are they trying to be more traditional, maybe, and, and kind of step away from the, the, you know, sort of new school folks like you that are coming up? No, I think they're just being themselves. And that's yeah. something that they've always been from 19, you know. 70 or whenever you know or whenever they started you know it's just it is what it is and it suits them and that's fine um but yeah. for me it was you know i wanted to be um again kind of representational and honest to what i like and and nick did that which is great yeah he nailed it man do you think yeah because each label is pretty unique do you do you think the kind of brand recognition you're, you're still able to maintain brand recognition across each different brand like people just know looking on the shelves so much is so homogenized that when they see a couple labels that are next to each other that are different they're like oh that's the beaver town yeah that's definitely happening um people get sick and tired of our skeletons which is great (laughs) uh nick somebody was like oh not nick dwyer and and another incessant bunch of skeletons on the label (laughs) you know it was on social media somewhere and i was like nick is that your dad writing to you what's going on <laughs> it's like yeah I no, told it def- to stop. it's it's definitely defined i think uh beaver town um people yeah. know it straight away and, and particularly there's a beer there called gamma ray which is our our kind of biggest selling beer it's an american pale ale and uh and it's very colorful and it's got that kind of mars attacks kind of you know spacemen that are being blown up and and that oh, is yeah. our kind of figurehead, you know, those guys, that spaceman, those dudes, you know, people recognize hand in hand, it's Beaver Town now, which is great. I really like that. <laughs> How many of these guys do you have tattooed on you? <laughs> <laughs> none, none yet, actually, but I've been thinking about it. <laughs> yeah? Right on the forehead, just right, I think right on the yeah. left. Yeah, I think it'll, it'll really set you apart from everybody else who, who doesn't have a face tattoo in the beer industry. <laughs> you know that? There are people starting to get Nick's designs tattooed and they come up to us at festivals and they're like, oh, look on my leg or look on my back or can you sign this or something? It's like, whoa, <laughs> that's a big thing to do. So, yeah, did I you, appreciate that. Did you ever get that kind of recognition being in music? <laughs> no. I mean, I didn't mean that. Like, no, you're a, a real a, rock star. Yeah, I didn't mean that as like a snark, but uh, I, I don't know. To me, it'd be kind of a, a, a trip, right, to go from an industry where that's kind of we celebrate musicians and in, in, in culture, and then to go from that to, to being a brewer to having people ask for your autograph. I think that'd be kind of a weird, I don't know, that, that would give me a weird feeling. I'd be like, oh, that's kind of cool. That I didn't really expect this level of, of recognition where, where yeah. people are coming up to me asking me for my autograph. Yeah, no, I, I totally I, I agree. Um, being a brewer, um, and I never thought it would be like this. It does feel a bit like being a front man in a band, which is which is what I was, and and now I am like Mr. Beaver, um, the ambassador of Beaver Town, and and you know I do a lot of events. I think it's really important to get out there and and talk, spread the good word and talk to people face to face with a beer in hand. I think that's absolutely killer, and um, it does feel a bit like being on a stage, you know. Yeah. Um, and I really like it because you know, it's my baby and, and it's, it's an honest representation of what's in my head and it's, it's an easy thing to do, you know, and, and, um, and, 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 you know, drinking beer <laughs> is, as I said in the beginning, it's one of the best things to do in the world. You know, it's a very social form of oh my gosh, yeah. kicking back and having fun. How do you, how do yeah. you see the, uh, the, the craft beer culture in the UK in, in, in 10 years? 
massive. Um, yeah. I think it's it's got a long way to go. I think craft beer is about 2% of the market in the UK. Um, I think ale itself, as in real ale, is maybe 18 or 19%. Um, but of that craft beer is, yeah, maybe a couple of percent. So, yeah, we, I mean, we're, we're a nation that was brought up on ale, and I think it's just, I mean, the way that we've grown, for example, as a brewery, um, two years ago we moved to our new site in Tottenham, and I think we brewed 1,000 hectolitres. Uh, and then this year we'll brew like 35,000. So in two years we've grown, you know, quite, it's been quite a step. And that is representational of, I think, a lot of breweries in the UK, a lot of craft breweries are growing at a rate of knots because, as I say, you know, the market is there, the drinker is is, is growing, their palate is changing. Um, and, and now, you know, we have massive pub estates, you know, mm. you know thousands and thousands of pubs. Um and a lot of them, you know, even if they're big family kind of, you know, where, you know, maybe like, I don't know, a regional brewery owns 400 pubs. They're now looking to bring in craft beer, which is great. You know, hmm. people are demanding it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good for you. All right, now- yeah, no, it's great for everyone. I mean, you know, there's yeah. a lot of U.S. breweries who are exporting now um, to the U.K., which is which is good. It's great for the market as well. Um Every market is kicking off around us. Sweden is great. Norway, Italy is amazing brewers. Germany's kicking off. Ireland. Wow. This whole thing's t- it might catch on, Warren. This whole craft beer thing might be a way to survive. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Nobody's looking behind them, basically. Everyone's looking forward and pushing forward to improve what we're doing. And, and, uh, and, it, and you know, the investment that goes into that is massive. You know, not yeah. just financially, but mentally and energy-wise. So, oh, geez. Forget about it, it. It feels like we're part of a movement and we're making a difference. And particularly in the UK, the brewing industry is, you know, it's a thousand years old. Um it feels like we're making a change, you know, this, there's a new, it feels like there's a new horizon and, uh, that's cool. it's really exciting. Yeah. That's gotta be a cool feeling. So yeah. I, I have, I have a final question for you, Logan, and we'll let you go. Uh, it's one I posed to Charlie Bamforth last time he was on the show and it's very important to me. It's not, it's not a joke. This is very serious. Will, Jürgen, will Jürgen Klopp ever bring Liverpool, will ever bring the cup home to Liverpool? I need to know this. Uh, uh, Charlie just keeps uh, deflecting and going to Wolverhampton, and I, I, I don't care. Uh, I, just need to know, I just need to know my, uh, my question. Was that Go English? Ahead, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that English? Yeah, yes. I think it was. Um, Go ahead, please answer. Yeah. Answer very seriously right now. Okay, Jurgen Klopp, great man, great man motivator. Um, I think he, he he knocked out a couple of great results towards the end of the season, and I think he's definitely going to bring the silverware back to Liverpool. Okay, thank you, thank you very much not for taking this very seriously. Not the league, but you might win some like I don't know, dodgy Coca Cola cup or something. <laughs> you're right, for sure. So you're not going to get a trophy. You'll get a fork, knife, and spoon. Yeah, for sure. He'll, he'll, and a he'll, can of Coke. Right. <laughs> and a can of Beaver Town. Actually, we do have a question from the chat room. Uh, there's a few people in the chat who want to know what band you were in. Ah, interesting. Um, yeah, so the first one was called the BCBs, as in BCB. Okay. <laughs> um, and the second one was called Sons of Albion, uh, which was more... The BCBs was like a psychedelic garage rock band from like the mid-60s. And then the Sons of Albion was more of a kind of alternative grunge inspired by like Stone Temple Pilots and Alice in Chains and people like that. Oh, that's cool. Are they are any of them still yeah. around or, or, or your, your, uh, your leaving left such a vacuum that they both imploded? 
they did. They did, but they tried to carry on. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, they, they decided to go and get a proper job. <laughs> and they're now serving uh, ribs right, <laughs> at my barbecue. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Uh, Logan. Nah, they're, all, they're all doing great things on their own. Actually. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, man, I, I can't express enough how, how great you've been to us. Not only are you, are you up till God knows how long, uh, how early in the morning over there, but you sent a ton of beer. Uh, and I, I really appreciate you hanging out with us. The beer was great, and we had a great time. It's been a pleasure, guys. Yeah, you know, so. Keep up the good work. Um, I'll keep on listening to the podcast my end. And, uh, yeah, you know, never surrender. Yeah, for sure, man. Hey, you too. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but we, when you come out in the States next time, uh, swing by. Come in the studio. We'd love to have you in. I'd love to. Yeah. I'll bear that in mind. Thank you. Please do. All right, Logan. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Take care. All right, bud. Bye. Bye. Sometimes I'm so awkward. Yeah, Hey, and whenever you want to chat, then let me just you call know, me. Hit me you up. You have my number. I am me, bro. It'd be great. IRL. Sounds fine to me. Yeah. I feel like this is how the entire interview went on my end. It was like this. Guys, give me a because I put out the beer. I for, think you did great. For the car, because it's fun. Except when you asked him about smells. I thought that was weird. No, I'm a weird guy. And, felt, and soccer. I didn't understand half of what you said. That's all right. Well, that's just because you don't care about soccer. Or right. anything. I felt like, uh, you know, everyone, anyone ever played The Sims? Like The Sims game? Like Sim, you know, where you're a Sim? Yeah. And, and I get, usually quit after like 30 minutes because I get annoyed. I felt like that's how Sims sound. They go, Glorgensparg! Norf, norf, norf! <laughs> right. That's how, right, yeah. Ted? I've never played The Sims. No? No. That sounds like He's the Norwegian edition. God damn it, Ted. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Hey, remember your old friend? Ted? <laughs> My close personal friend. Your, your former close personal friend. Yeah. Well, now I know why you don't. You never join me on The Sims. I'm always waiting for you. I was. Well, you know what? I, you I, I got away from video games because I was too busy drinking with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. Let's uh, see. You should go back to not having any friends like me. So all I do is play video games. It's amazing. I, I mean, all I do is not hang out with my friends enough. Right. I drink alone. <laughs> <laughs> when I get two kids, right? Two kids, two a wife, kids. And, a, and like eight jobs. Uh, yeah, well, right now it's only five, but yeah. Okay. Five. But you're trying. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so what trying. are you doing in your free time? Um, <laughs> right. a, a variation of what's been happening in this room. Okay. Right <laughs> all right. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, this uh, sour power, if you look very carefully... Kind of looks, I don't know. You can actually see the heartburn radiating off you of can it. See the, yeah, that's what the skeleton's doing. He has a bunch of heartburn. <laughs> he used to have skin. Uh, I like I like their labels, man. That was cool. Yeah. I yeah. like the guy. He seems like a nice dude. Beer's great. We have a shit ton of it left. Good thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to take a break here real fast, but before we do... Uh, I should make Ted read the fucking. Oh ad yeah, you should. Oh man, do you want me to do it in a big radio voice? I do, but and we should record it. It's and it, but it's bullet pointed, so you have to kind of like fill in points. Like, you want you want to try to just go for it? Pre pre run? No. Does he know what he's getting into? No, no just no, pop his cherry. Yeah. So throw in some Blorgan. Come blorgan, here, Blorgan Shorgan. Blorgan Shorgan. Put on your, your glasses. Do you have glasses? I do not have glasses. Right. Adam and Eve. That one. All of that right there. Be fine. Don't is read ahead. This, is this segment Just, brought to us by Adam and Eve? Yeah, this is a, a live read for Adam and Eve. 
This segment brought to you by Adam and Eve. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free exclusive gift. And to top it all off, they will even throw in free shipping on your entire order. Exclusive gift, Clit Bumper. It's the ideal pressure ring for couples, right, JP? He'll love the way this ring lets him stay harder, longer, increases the strength of orgasm. She'll love the way the pleasure rubs thrill her sweet spots. Unique bumper stimulates her clitoris, soft and stretchy for a comfortable fit. It's made of premium silicon. That's premium. It's waterproof, and it's compatible with all water-based lubes. AdamandEve.com and use code BNARMY at checkout. That's B-N-A-R-A-M-Y. Let me try that again. That's B-N-A-R-M-Y at AdamandEve.com. Use code BNARMY at AdamandEve.com. Is that good? Very good. Wow, what a professional. Very good. Wow. Nice job now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How did he get through that without snickering or anything? Yeah, without making dick jokes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We definitely never do an Adam and Eve live read no. that quickly because we're always making jokes. Well, I mean, they pre- present themselves. Yeah. Oh, no, and they love it. I mean, they're like, they go, just do whatever you want. It's fine. <laughs> so we'll sit five minutes waxing poetic about I'm sorry, do you need me to do it again? No, you did great. <laughs> okay. Um, I noticed you went for the optional pronunciation uh, cl- clitoris. Well, yeah, because... I say I clitoris. I say both, actually. I used yeah. to oh. uh, have a car, a, uh, a Ford Taurus. Okay. And okay. my oh. friends called <laughs> it the clit. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's what came out. That's, that's what I remember. Hey, man, you go with what you know. Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) All right, friends, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, Are we eating, Bev? Uh, I wasn't sure if you wanted to eat mid or after, but we will not be eating on this break. Okay. Uh, So then uh, we'll be right back. It's the session. Hang tight. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. With over 20 years of experience making world-class craft beer and more than 100 gold medals in international competitions, Moylan's Brewing Company is not just a pretty face in craft beer. Just ask Brendan Moylan. What do we got here? The beer of the hour. Moylan's, gotta love that big M. It's like a sign of awesomeness. It's got an extra kick to it. Let's pour this bad boy. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, Moylan's. The end of the night when the kids are finally in bed, the wife's in bed, (laughs) nobody's bothering your ass anymore. That's Moylan's time. Moylan's is for you. It's to help you out. It helps me out. What? Well, because it's freaking awesome. Northern California brewed. It's brewed with love. With love? Oh, yeah. Tremendous. And it's always best where? Moylan's. You've got to try it on tap at Moylan's in Novato. They're freaking awesome. Not only because I own the brewery, because I love the beer. Cheers! Boom! Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale takes big beers to a whole new level with rich malt balanced perfectly with delicate hops and now comes in four-pack tall boy cans so you can take the party on the go. Or come to the brewery, take a tour, and try any of Moylan's fresh creations right from the source. Check them out at Moylan's.com. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... 
Brew Your Own magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. Army, have you heard the latest at HopTech? Since HopTech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including white labs, Y yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. They even have all grain systems from Grainfathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems, thanks to Jade, the brand new all grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you and all of your brewing questions over at hoptech.com. Hoptech, totally not sucking since 1983. Tampa Bay has become a great destination for craft beer lovers with more than 60 breweries and counting, like Cigar City, Tampa Bay, and Copper Tail Brewing. One of the newest breweries is Four Stacks Brewing Company in Apollo Beach. Four Stacks believes that the West Coast can't have all the fun. So while we feature West Coast beer like Stone, Ballast Point, and Green Flash on tap, we also brew hopped-up ales to our liking in the West Coast style, even as they're truly Florida. Come in and see for yourself. Four Stacks hosts monthly homebrew club meetings, bottle shares, and partners with local restaurants for free food delivery while you enjoy your pint in their new town. Room. Stop by Four Stacks Brewing and support the greater Tampa Bay craft beer scene at a brand new community-oriented independent brewery. Four Stacks Brewing, bringing the best of the West Coast style and attitude. Four Stacks Brewing Company in Apollo Beach, Florida. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. All right, thanks for hanging out, everybody. Looking through my notes, I forgot to ask Logan. He, apparently, at the um, uh, I don't know if it's a tasting room at the the barbecue joint, they make uh, Bloody Marys with their smoked porter, and they call it it's called Smog Rocket, I guess. Smog Rocket Bloody IPAs or Bloody uh, Marys. Yeah, Bloody Marys. Huh, Warren? Does that sound good to you? A, a Bloody Mary with smoked porter? I don't like tomato juice. I don't like tomato juice. So no, thank you. Fuck you. Beverly Harburn tomato juice. No, no. No, Harburn. Uh, Harburn is fine. No, I like Bloody Marys. Okay, because I know a lot of people with tomato it's like, juice. It's, it's a no, no. It's just sour. Because I, I get mad Harburn, so I stay away. From, even though I enjoy them, I stay away from them. 
But I, 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 I feel like I personally fund the, the heartburn uh, over-the-counter medications. Well, <laughs> the thing I've learned about myself is that the drunker I am, mm-hmm. the more I can tolerate sour things. So if that Bloody Mary has a lot of vodka in it, mm-hmm. we're going to be fine. I like that. We're going to be we're, all right. I like that. <laughs> we're so, going to be just okay. fine. Which is why I can have sour beers after I've been heavily drinking. There it nice. is. I want you guys to try the smoked porter. I, I did want to try it. I was hoping that we got some. We did. So I will be honest with you. I did open a can of smoked porter at my house the other night. I had to have one in advance because I like, you know, I like smoked beers and I like porter. All right, Scott. I had. To, wow. I will. <laughs> I will take your money. <laughs> what money? Exactly. Uh, by the way, Tasty had to leave. He's not feeling well. He came in. He looked green as hell, man. He did, he did not look good. No. Was, was I'm going to bail out of week <laughs> so was when he was going to help me with the nhc yeah. recap which is what we got to do right now so oh, he did uh, by leaving. <laughs> yeah. so now uh now it's up to you bev i can do this talk about baltimore man how was that you want to come in here no you're doing shit no in there, yeah. well am i <laughs> no. but i'll stay here she's got right. shit in her cart on target.com so. <laughs> no i'm on trulia what oh is that, is that moving like real estate oh it is yeah, yeah. Oh, okay um so how was baltimore baltimore yeah. is an interesting city it is. Yeah. Is it different than the last time we were there? I've never been there. Hmm. Never mind then. Is no, it yes. different than the last time I was there? <laughs> yeah. I thought you went with me, but apparently I w- that was that was pre-BN. No, that was a different, right. very nice brunette girl that you went with. Um, <laughs> That's very presumptive of you. I'm just saying I'm a very nice <laughs> brunette girl, so you're confusing me with someone. Oh, okay. Anyhow. Good joke. I, I, was ref- I know. I was referring to it as uh, Oakland with history. <laughs> Oh, okay. Because That's something I can it was understand. Super yeah. historical and cool. Okay. Yeah, but it was hood as crap. Really? Yeah, and even varied, down there by the water, it varied from street to street. So okay. down by the water was beautiful, but walking to the water like a block from the harbor area. Yeah, I was walking with Doc and Push, and this not very nice man just started screaming at Doc and. It was a little scary. At Doc. At Doc. Because he was like, the shortest one. Right. Like, like, in a very yeah. threatening manner, like saying he was going to do all these things. And we we were having like a, commun- a conversation between the three of us, but nobody even looked at him. He just started yelling. And then we acknowledged that he was there. Wow. It, and it was like one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, I went and had lunch at this seafood place by myself because I got there before everybody. Mm. And decided, it's the middle of the day. It'll be fine. I'll walk back myself. Yeah, there's plenty of daylight. Daylight is safe. Right. Daylight is yeah. safe. And, right. and there was the harbor, and there were all these upscale hotels. I was right. like, it's cool. And you're blinding at 1, 8, 1 p.m. Right. Because of the sun reflecting off of my white? Yeah. Yeah. Good joke, Warren. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, so She's right. It was a good joke. I, I thought so. It was pretty yeah. good. The white is one in here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... So first of all, GPS, like when you're walking, it can't find you. It can't find you like me? I got lost. (laughs) You got lost. She gone. I got lost, and I ended up... Bye, Felicia. Oh, God. I ended up, and I had 2% left on my phone. I got lost, and I ended up on a street that we had a bartender at our hotel who ended up explaining to me that there's this whole area of Baltimore that's referred to as the Strip, because I was like, yeah, I ended up on this street, and there was nothing but strip clubs there. And she's like... Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was fine. I just walked by quickly. 
It's the strip because you get stripped down walking through <laughs> yeah. the neighborhood. Give me your shoes. I don't know what happened. Give but me your pants. It was fine. I, there yeah. was like one time where it was not comfortable. But other than that, I thought it was a cool city. Are were you people? Oh, sorry. No. Uh, are, are you sure that your phone actually charges over 2%? Because I think every time you tell a story, it's always it's somewhere in there is my phone was at 2%. Well, my phone is at 5% right now. Oh, okay. But it's oh. because I am attached to it constantly. So I just kill <laughs> right. it. Right. Sorry, go ahead, Ted. Please. I was going to say, are people still talking about the Serial podcast there? The, the Serial podcast? Oh, Do you never listen to Serial? Oh, come on. You're like the only person that... Uh, no. Yeah. Oh, really? I don't listen to... Po- I only listen to I don't the listen. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I shouldn't have asked this then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't really jumped onto the... Um, podcast bandwagon yeah that's all right it's, it's i don't have a commute anymore so i have no really no need to yeah you do <laughs> jp you, you so, see so why listen to anything yes, there, right? yes i do yes okay serial was a widely Just popular okay, podcast. No, I know what you're ta- now i know what you're talking one of about. the most popular podcasts yeah i think ever. i think it's the, the most yeah. popular yeah. ever yeah, yeah. Sure. so too yeah but, but, hey, but hey, nice try, Teddy. I right. swing and a miss. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm no, sorry. it's on me. I, but it was a good cut. I tried. You took the cut. So how were the, uh, I mean, I don't know, how was actually the conference? The conference. Good, good time? Bad time? I had a time? fine time. Yeah. I had a great time. Um, I... I don't want to say anything bad. Well, no, of course not. But I mean, <laughs> like, uh, you know, we look, we do this every year. I know. You know, how, how are the people? Was everybody yeah. really every, nice? Everybody how was, was the beer? so nice. I will say that. Everybody okay. involved in the beer scene, every, almost everybody in Baltimore, yeah. every, every Uber driver I con- communicated with, everybody is very polite, very nice. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, you know, I'm, weird. Yeah, you know, I'm talking about the homebrewers, right? I don't give a shit about the fucking Uber driver. <laughs> oh, well, the homebrewers <laughs> are the same guys we see every year. So, yeah, okay. they oh. were nice. All right. How was BNA 11? BNA 11 was fantastic. What happened? The buses functioned. Oh, really? They did what? their job. Were they on time? They were on time. They circled. So we have a, like a, a, a oh, roving no. anniversary party, and it happens in whatever city uh, the National Homebrewers Conference is. And usually there's always a big <laughs> cock up. Uh, last year, the buses decided they just didn't they, run. They, they just didn't do they, anything. They decided, <laughs> nice. they decided that they weren't running anymore halfway through our event. And so they weren't picking people up, and they weren't dropping people off, and they just weren't around. And anywhere. part of what we tell people when we sell them a ticket is we provide transportation. Oh. Yeah. And it was in San Diego. It was like a 15-minute bus ride back to the hotel. And, and they, I mean, it was it was bad <laughs> yeah, from the beginning. It was crazy, they, sta- they started not go- dropping people off at the venue. They were dropping them off like six blocks away <laughs> and making them walk. They oh, wouldn't nice. turn down onto the pier where it was. They just... It was a whole hot mess. Yeah, but not here. No, this place was fantastic. Really? All nice. the bus drivers, we had yellow school buses. <laughs> okay. Uh, none oh. of the drivers were drunk. Oh, which jeez. Was, which was nice. That's and good. A change for us <laughs> yeah. with <Okay>. school buses. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, no, they did their job. It was fantastic. The venue cool. was super cool. Yeah. Um, I feel like we were really in our wheelhouse. Like, it was a smaller party. But everything mm-hmm. went off really well. Like it was very well planned. Like we tried to do too much in the past. Well, I at like, like the baseball field. Like or the whatever. baseball. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really remember the baseball field being good or bad. I thought it was but great. Last year was kind of a train wreck. But last year, yeah. if you think about it, was a, a beer festival with no volunteers. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so, <laughs> that sucks. That sounds about right. <laughs> it sucks no. real bad. No. Yeah. Um, no, this year was great. The Peabody Brewery, I believe, is what the name was. Mm-hmm. They. Hit one out of the park. They were fantastic. Oh, really? Yeah. That's great. Absolutely. Awesome. That's cool. They handled everything. They poured all the beer. They provided all the beer and charged us a flat rate. We sold our merch. We had fun. We had an amazing band. It was awesome. It was a good time. Cool. Yeah, it was a good time. Awesome, man. Yeah, I really wish I could have gone, man. That sucks. 
Stupid. Next year's Minneapolis, so you get to uh, redo everything at Northern Brewer again, right? Uh, That was a great one. I remember that. Minneapolis? Yeah. Yeah. That was my first BNA party. I also lost my voice. Just now. No, over the week. (laughs) I'm excessively drinking. What was the best, like, late night adventure? Were there any people there doing, for example... Barley wine elevator uh, verticals. <laughs> One at <Whoa>. each floor. <laughs> um, not that I'm aware of. I will say that our the hotel we stayed at had a wonderful sky bar that was very liberal with the um, amount of hard alcohol that they would give you in their <laughs> <laughs> So we spent a lot of time there. Um, mm-hmm. As far as the beer went, I don't really think any of us got good and solid, you know, Good and hammered. Took one down for. He said push got pretty wrecked. Yeah, on oh. gin and tonics. Really? <laughs> he's oh. not drinking beer anymore. He's oh, like he's wow. like pretty much because he's like I stopped drinking beer and I lost like twenty six pounds. And you you know push he's a super right. she's a short skinny dude very that's a short. lot of weight to super lose short pounds. almost midget height not true but I right. know. barely uh, over doc right barely yeah. over doc if at all right They're tight. Um, but he I don't think he has twenty six pounds to lose man but pretty yeah, he did apparently but yeah no he was drinking gin and tonic um, oh. wow Jamie. One of the other girls that works for the Brewing Network was yeah. drinking Manhattans most of the time. Nice. Respectable. Yeah, respectable. that's a good drink. I drank scotch. <laughs> Did that's you a really? good drink also. Straight scotch. That's just kind of what happens, man. When you go to yeah. a beer conference, you get beered out very, very easily. So I think uh, the, the key part of finding a hotel for NHC is that it has to have a well-stocked bar. Yep. Mm-hmm. So and it, it has a, to be open. It has to be a late-night so, bar. Well, the top, the roof bar closed at 12, but then there was a tavern in the lobby. That closed mm. at one thirty. Nice. So we just moved from one to the other. <laughs> but we were allowed to order pizza in the downstairs bar, so that happened. I wonder why so early. I, I thought on the West Coast, places stayed open until 4. Is that only New York or I, It must whatever. just be New York because everything in Baltimore was closed down at 12. Or at 2. I'm sorry. And, but you'd think at a, at a hotel, the hotel bar would at least stay open... Maybe not 24 hours. That's a little excessive. But it's not like you're driving anywhere. You're there. You're, you're sleeping there. Well, but you're still would they close their doors to the public? Laws. I don't know. I don't think they want no, to encourage liquor laws, yeah. that yeah. much drinking because you're going to go back to your room and puke all over the room <laughs> right. that they have to clean up. Yeah. The yeah, maids well, don't want your, that. They get your That's credit card for incidentals, so they're covered. No, yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, they want you to do that. Yeah, maybe. they do. They'll overcharge you. A thousand bucks to clean up your vomit. Your vomptum. So what about uh, Pro Brewers Night? Any good yeah. discoveries there? New new breweries need to know about? Any clear beer? <laughs> <laughs> there was some clear beer. No, I'm trying to remember Pro Boot. Pro, pro Brewers Night. What did I have? I think Pro Boobs Night is that strip. Yeah. strip you know, I don't, tonic. I'm, re- I'm really actually not the best person to talk to about this because I didn't drink much beer while we were there. I just kind of wandered around and talked to people yeah. because I had tied one on at the roof bar. <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember um, sending me a, your, your selfie? Mm, uh, I sent you a selfie. You sent me a selfie. Oh, perfect. I'm trying to bring wait. it up. When? From Pro Night? I don't know. It was. It looked like you were in a bar by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Could have happened. I don't know. Yeah. So, I got one of those from Doc. But uh, he did say he was at the rooftop bar, so it might have been right next to Bebo. He might have actually been by himself. He, he, I met him there a couple times. He was already there. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I'm just going to anyway. So I, uh, when Bev and I were trying to fly out uh, and I had my giant anxiety attack and didn't go and abandoned Beverly, uh, I gave her half my Xanax. And give her half a zanny. Oh. It was great, and she was like, "This is the most amazing." Like I've, uh, you know, the the turbulence was happening, and I just didn't care. 
And I'm like, that's exactly what it is. But for some reason, I just reason, kept playing I was cards on my phone, and yeah. it was yeah. fine. So you know what? Bev's like, when Be- turbulence happens, you don't have to care anyway because there's nothing you can do yeah, about it. Yeah, I know. I, under- I know. No, I understand that there's nothing I can do about it, but it doesn't mean I'm not scared. The thing about anxiety is it's irrational. Oh, I wasn't speaking specifically to that. I was just saying yeah. turbulence in general. Yeah. There's nothing you can do sitting in 18B right. about the turbulence that's happening. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. think that if I grip my seat handles as hard as I can, <laughs> you might mellow it out. power alone is keeping that plane aloft. Like, physics be damned, lift be damned, it's me. No, I, I okay. am keeping that plane aloft. I'm only flying with Ted Raimi from now on. You and your white knuckles. I also yeah. think that if I'm I'm like nodding off, if I jerk awake and grab whoever's next to me, stranger <laughs> or friend, it's also going to help. Yeah. They really appreciate that. Like, I, I, I used to have a lot more trouble with flying, but now I've gotten used to it. Yeah. And now I got to the point where like, I feel really bad for people who, who do not fly off. And you can tell her they're like really freaked out by the turbulence. Oh. because And I used to be that way. And now I hear people like literally like, gasp and stuff. I'm like, I have been there. It's terrible. It's yeah. terrible. Like, they, like there's nothing you can do. But yeah. I, you know, I fly all the time for work. So it's just you got to deal with it. It sucks. It does. Yeah. It's yeah. terrible. But I just got used to it. So I sent, so I mailed Bev a shirt, uh, really just to hide his an accident for her for her flight back. He sure did. So I'm texting you, and I go, I go, did you get my package? And I thought that was oh. really clever. Uh, and she said, no. What name did you send it under? Uh, then she replied, well, it could have been my maiden name. It could have been my real yeah. name. So this is this is the text in in in, in you know sequential or sequential order, or whatever. Uh, no. What name did you send it under? She drunk. <laughs> You, you wrote, you wrote, oh, that was her, not you. You wrote, she drunk, and then this is the photo that I got of Beverly uh, taking a selfie in an empty bar. Wow, there's bar. no one behind her in a bar. Okay, there's, that was from. There's no one behind that, that chick. Was, okay. <laughs> she a, drunk. There's a TV on and no <laughs> one there. She was Beverly. drunk. Everybody was sitting, we were sitting at a table and it was very late and everybody was oh. around me. Yeah. Like uh, we were sitting around the table. I wasn't alone really? in a bar. That was, yeah. that this was bar after. looks real deep. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was, no it was like one thirty. We were the only ones there. So no. whoever took the picture said she drunk. Um, she drunk. No, it says that was that a was, selfie. It was a selfie. It was a selfie. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. was after uh, the uh, awards banquet where I was okay. celebrating our not yeah. win. You know, I, I, I just have yeah. to interject. You said you, you sent Xanax in a T-shirt. Do you, you don't yeah. have to like hide right. legal drugs. Like, uh, well, like, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not an. Yeah. It's a controlled. It selfie, could have just been an envelope. envelope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I just, and just in case. Uh, I was wondering because they like, were non-prescript. Because like, she didn't. I have a prescription. She doesn't. I thought that was illegal. Is, are your, is your name stamped on the pill? How would they know that it's not hers? <laughs> well, it has my address. I don't know, man. Look, this is what I did. By the way, I want my shirt back. I was saying. I was like, why'd you send this? To what shirt? <laughs> yeah. This is a churrish shirt. Well, shirt. If, if you wore the shirt, maybe it would help calm you down on the flight back. Because it smelled like it was used. I hadn't washed it. I took it off and put it in the envelope. Oh, so it, had, yeah. it smelled like JP. That was it nice. smelled like fear. It's going to be fine. Lots of sweat. Right. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for the recap. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate it. I, I wish Tasty was here it, to it kind wasn't, of... I mean, I, I don't have a lot to say about the year. I will yeah. say this. The bars yeah. sound nice I, At Baltimore. least as far as pro night, because I, I truly don't remember that. Um... As far as club night went, I had uh, some beer from, I don't remember the name of the club, but I do know that it's the same club that uh, Dr. Lambic from the Sour Beer Blog is a part of. That was some of the best beer I had the whole night. Wow. Well, if your name was Dr. Lambic, it should be pretty good. I don't think he's a real doctor. <laughs> or that's well, not his name. On Dr. Oh, no, that's definitely not his name either. <laughs> 
But it's Mr. Lambic, but you but know, he likes to joke. It was um it was very nice to meet him and he's making some great beer. Okay. Well that's good. And so is this club. Well it sounds like a good time. Beverly. It was fun. I had a great time. Thank you. Uh, okay, uh, so for BNA 11, uh, we had done, so Justin and I were supposed to do a, a show for you people, and uh, obviously that didn't happen because I wasn't there. So, But I had done a Find the Fake, and so I want to play it now. Oh. But I'm Sons gonna... of Alchemy. That was what? the name of the, the club. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Ah. Great. Oh. Um, I'm going to play it now, uh, but probably not Collars, because Collars makes it really... Um, Confusing, and we don't have any yeah. prizes anyway. You have to so push button. Who cares? So here's the deal, Ted. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a totally unique game that I created. Totally made it up myself. Uh, I've written four news stories. Mm-hmm. Three of them are real, mm-hmm. and one is fake. And you you have to find the fake one. You're an innovator. Thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, would you like to play with us? Sure, I'd Great. love to play. All right. So they're obviously they're beer related. Brian, you too. You've never played this game before. I have not. <laughs> All right. Um, let's just start from the top. <clears throat> so again, there are four stories in t- four stories in total. Three are actually true. One is not. Some would call it the fake. Some would call it the fake, but who knows? Okay, <clears throat> this first one is called. You can take those hops and shove them up your ass. As science continues the hunt for a miracle plant to fight disease, more and more focus is paid to the most respected, and some would say way, way overused, friend of beer drinkers everywhere, the hop. It's known that certain compounds in hops aid in reducing cholesterol, blood sugar, and even help with weight loss. Now, research at Oregon State University is showing that a natural flavonoid compound in hops can be beneficial to the male prostate gland. Testing has shown to significantly improve some of the underlying markers of prostate complications in laboratory animals so far, but there's a catch. The treatments are most effective when applied directly to the prostate. So researchers from the OSU College of Pharmacy have partnered with ProsCure, the makers of the number one prostate suppository on the market, to craft a medication comprised of essential oils from hops. All that butt chugging I did in college is healthy. It's paying off so far. Right. Yeah. My prostate's thanking me. That does sound like something that JP would make up, but it's, it's too well written. <laughs> right. Uh, the second one is called Craft uh, Beer. So hot right now. A pizza hut in London will soon be rolling out a new ingredient in specially selected offerings. Beer. While the beer goes unnamed, Kath Austin, director of HR and marketing at Pizza Hut restaurants, said, quote, we know that craft beers are really popular right now, and we're celebrating this, end quote. I like that quote. I think it's great. Uh, they, <laughs> they've designed two special edition flavors that will be trialed this week and rolled out nationwide if they prove to be a hit. One is called the Steak Feast, and the other is called the American Hot. So how do you get such an amazing, flavorful, and delicious thing like something called the American Hot made with quote-unquote craft beer? Simply whisper, I like it, hop, when placing your order. Because everybody loves a cheesy beer pun. I like it, hop. You're supposed to whisper, I like it, but, hop. But the beer's American hot, or hop. Uh, the, well, the beer is just beer. They haven't, there's craft beer. They're not saying oh. what beer. Uh, the pizza is called the American Hot. Oh, so it has, okay. like, uh, pepperonis and bullshit right. and on you it. you say, if I like it, hop. Hop. It, yeah, if I like it, hop. Then yes. you get a beer with the pizza. Are you? No. No? No. 
the uh, <laughs> no, the uh, th- those two pizzas have uh, craft beer in the dough. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I may not have uh, you know written it very well, but this is the do? fake. <laughs> <laughs> no, I rewrite them all. I rewrite them all. This next one is called "If You Can't Beat 'Em, Eat 'Em." Oprah Winfrey, queen of the yo-yo diet, has had her fair share of food-related struggles. Very public food-related struggles. Now, rumors are swirling that Oprah will be launching her own line of food products, aptly called Oprah's Kitchen. Included in the paperwork was a list of items that spanned the four food groups and then some. Bacon, caviar, processed and preserved foods, and beer. No details are available beyond the trademark filing, but it's safe to assume that these foods will coincide with her recent investment of Weight Watchers, potentially applying a point value to her craft beer line. Now maybe we can move beyond those beer rating sites and talk about point values that really matter. And last but not least, this one's called I'm Too Dumb to Pour. Pouring a beer is really hard, right? I mean, you have to get the tilt just right, and then there's the foam. It's all simply too much. Don't worry, Brian. There's a solution. Something called the Beer Hour Stadium Foamy Head Dispenser. Manufactured by the Takaranomi Company out of Beer Happy Japan, this product with the amazing name acts like a beer-powered squirt gun. Using your favorite can of beer as the tank. Sorry, bottle drinkers. Using the Beer Hour Stadium Foamy Head Dispenser guarantees you will finally achieve the proper beer-to-foam ratio. Lucky you. And those are your stories. So is Beer Happy Japan a place? Yeah. Oh. They're nuts about beer over there, those kids. That ta- there's a town called Beer Happy. Be- a Beer Happy Japan. It's a Japanese company. Oh. You okay. hear as well as you read. Well, no. You said in Beer Happy Japan. Right? Out of Beer Happy Out- Japan. Okay, so that I thought that meant beer happy comma Japan like I, don't, I like can't I can't conquered California no okay <laughs> beer had the <laughs> I'm trying to find the fake here so if you're gonna tell me <laughs> that some place is called beer happy Japan that's gonna be it right okay but no beer happy Japan okay. beer happy was the uh, the uh, the descriptor adjective okay. adjective sure sure ad, ad adjective pr- pronoun adjective, yeah. yeah right adjective sounds uh, fragment. Thank you very much. Nice descriptive language there. Thank you. Okay, so let's go around the room real fast. Uh, Ted, which one do you think is fake? (laughs) Can I explain why I think it's fake? Totally. Um, Even though I believe that people will believe the prostate one, Yes. the prostate is not in the rectum. And I don't know about (laughs) the transdermal absorption things that would be going on for some sort of an enema to have an effect <laughs> on the prostate, like let's just—I okay. just—I mean, I understand the the simple biology of location, but it's not actually in the rectum, so I don't understand yeah. how you're going to like, pat like there needs like there needs to be some sort something of, else. There needs to be a compound that they prove that it like absorbs through whatever is separating. Again, I understand they're nearby. Right. <laughs> Again, the prostate is not in that area. Trust so. me, I know the right yeah, exactly. future. It's That's all why close. I, it immediately made alarm bells go up. I was like, well, I, it's not in there. Yeah. I, you know, 
I understand. Okay. I understand how suppositories work. But yeah. Like when you're nauseous, and I remember like like as a as a young kid, like when I was like puking my guts out, they had to give my mom to have me take like a suppository. This goes right, like, right into your bloodstream there. Right? Really, for right. sickness? I never even knew that. Oh yeah, no, that's a thing. That's huh. an anti-nausea thing. Because like the next step after that is if that doesn't shut you down, they got to take you and put you on uh, IVs because you'll get dehydrated if you're a little kid and stuff. Oh wow. Yeah. Huh. yeah. But yeah. that was just that set off my alarm bells because knowing human physiology and such that that made me a little bit dubious um okay i mean I, there's other ones i could pick but that was just the first one i gotta go science first okay all right ted uh brian hi hi buddy um what I, do you think i i think that all the stories are true because i'm i'm just kind of gullible that way because <laughs> because jp read them to you no right. but if I, if I had to pick one that was real for sure which you do have to be pizza hut because that's real why for else sure would you talk about Pizza Hut. Yeah. And it sounds like something dumb that they would do. Okay. Um, Oprah, you know, she like she talks about liking bread. She, she talks about, you know, and the Weight Watchers thing. You're right. That's That's got to be, there, there's a filing. Who knows if it'll turn into something, but that sounds true. Okay. And then um, and then you've got Japan, which, of course, they're, they're beer crazy like us. And, and of course, they're going to have a crazy invention that squirts. <laughs> The head of beer foam out of a can. Sorry. You know, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I have to admit, the first one was very well written, but I, I do agree with with, with Ted. Okay. So you're saying the first one also. I'm saying the first one also. Warren? Well, I'm going to make it unanimous. Uh, you would, too. But <laughs> my reasoning was because, not not that I know everything that's in hops, but I know hops have a lot of estrogen in them. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, when you're talking about how every all these things help the male anatomy and everything... I was like, hops seem like a more feminine biased plant in terms of the hormones and stuff that are going on inside there, the chemistry. Yeah. So I was kind of like, and I don't know where my rectum is, so I, Ted, <laughs> Ted was definitely helpful with that lesson. Um, rectum? Um, I don't even know. <laughs> right, yeah. What is a rectum? Um, um, I know where my butthole but is, though. I, I, heard, that. I heard that Pizza Hut was kind of getting into the alcohol business, and of course Oprah thinks that her listeners... Uh, are interested in caviar yeah. and beer because that's right. her key demographic. <laughs> For sure. Caviar uh, and beer, baby. And why not have a, a beer squirt gun? So, yeah. Okay. Hop, think, yeah. Hops aren't healthy. Basically, as soon as he said the word butt, we all knew that was the one he made up. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my deal, though. There's people uh, all over the Bay Area. If you told them this, they would jump right on. They'd go, oh, of course. Of course. That's true. Right. Hop oil is good for my prostate. Yeah, why, why wouldn't it be? Right. Well, but, be? but you're rattling on you know, all these other things. It's like, well, it's good for your cholesterol. Oh, shit, my cholesterol is kind of high. I drink a shit ton of hoppy bears. <laughs> yeah. My doctor's not telling me to drink more. There must be something wrong here. Right. That's hops the problem. are good for sleeping. You you fill a pillow with hops. And yeah, they you'll do go that. To sleep. Yeah. yeah. Or lavender. Oh, lavender does lavender nice. do it too? Well, I guess. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, but and it doesn't turn cheesy. Anyway, this is the first time that, uh, I, that uh, the studio was unanimous against me. You guys all picked the, the, fake, uh, the fake story. Oh, congratulations. Wow. Oh, wow, it was it? unanimous and we got it. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Yeah. I, uh, yes, that was a fake one. So, but see, here's the thing. And so I thought about it the other day and I was like, <laughs> I was like reading some shit about hops and they were talking about, yeah, you know, it's good with um, weight loss and uh, reducing your blood sugar. And I'm like, what about like, 
what about like prostate or something? Like, what's the like the next level for men's health? And then I was I was like, oh, like a suppository? Does that even exist? Apparently, there are like um, essentially like prostate vitamins that you shove up your ass. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a yeah. thing. So, oh. Proscure is is the makers of the number one prostate suppository. How does in the that market. work though? But that's not what I don't know. prostate is. Well, and so well, it, it's skipping your mouth and stomach and, and just skipping shoving your mouth it right and into your and so I, I think the problem is. I I I put that you have to apply it directly to the to the gland, which again, like it was my point. I was like, it's, that's impossible. how do you get it? Right, so you can't yeah. through a bunch of scanners. So maybe so maybe that was it. So if I was I was if I would explain that a little bit more, maybe I would have fooled you guys. The suppository maybe. acts most quickly because yeah. it's very in close proximity. I think yeah. I just wanted to write the headline. You can take these hops headline. and shove but them in there. But I, yeah. I swear that I've read things about like the hops with the cholesterol and those, yeah, like, no, that's benefits. all true. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's all true. That shit's all true, dude. <laughs> uh, Eloquently put. <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah. That was well written. I have to say, I, I, I almost didn't think it was yours. No, I was waiting, <laughs> I was waiting, waiting for the stinker to come along. But. Right. Uh, let's see. I think we're going to take a break real fast, and then we're going to come back. We're going to do the Twitter game, and then we're going to chat about Lee real fast. I'd like to do a quick toast to Lee and kind of, you know, get sad real fast. Uh, And then we're going to go home. We're going to eat some tacos and get out of here. Um, But before I do that, I do want to tell you guys about Beersmith. If you are still doing brewing calculations by hand or have some other funky-ass program, to save all your, your recipes and to do all your calculations, throw all that shit away uh, and get Beersmith. Go to Beersmith.com, get your 21-day free trial. You can actually import all that crap. You have to sit there and type it because, you know, you're still stuck in, uh, you know, the early 2000s. Who the fuck are you? Go to Beersmith.com, 21-day free trial. It's seriously the best software uh, on the market right now. Pro brewers use it. Home brewers use it. Everybody uses it. Uh, it's totally, totally easy, and it's free for 21 days. So if you don't like it, you're out nothing. Literally, you're out nothing. So and check it out. They'll email you back. And they'll email you back, apparently, in under seven minutes. So actually, you should do that. Download right. it and start testing Brad's uh, reply time. <laughs> right. And everyone just email Brad yeah. right now. And report back to us. Yeah, let us know how quick he gets because back. Because if, if he doesn't, if it's over if it's over the seven minutes, I'll call Brad personally for you. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how quick he returns the call. I won't actually do that. Um, let me do my thing. Let me do my thing. Press All those right. buttons. Press, pressing buttons, baby. All right. All right. It's a session. Everybody hang on real tight. We'll be right back. to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. If you haven't heard, there's a completely new brand of brewing equipment. 
kettles, burners, and accessories. Trustworthy, everyday gear that helps you forge and shape outstanding beer the way you want. It's called Anvil Brewing Equipment. Hi, I'm John Palmer. You may remember me from such self-help books as How to Brew, Brewing Classic Styles, Water, and the Brew Strong Podcast. I am very pleased to announce the debut of Anvil Brewing Equipment from Blickman Engineering. I have been working closely with them these past few years to develop products that combine the best of materials, features, and price point. Each of these products has been developed, tested, and reviewed to meet these ideals and bears the Palmer Brewing Solutions stamp of approval on the packaging. Anvil Brewing Equipment, inspired by Palmer, built by Blickman, and made for you. Check out anvilbrewing.com. Anvil. Durable. Reliable. Dependable. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a Certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in, anywhere, precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hopped character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we are able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Segmented, demented, fermented, fermented. It's the session. Yeah! 
All right. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. The light at the end of the tunnel. I promise you. You remember uh, last year we talked to you guys about the California Craft Beer Summit. Well, guess what? That is back. Join them for three days of beer tasting and education, followed by the largest craft beer festival in the state, featuring over 160 craft breweries pouring over 450 beers, all based right here in California, which I think is pretty cool. Number one, that's a fuck ton of beer. But number two, all are in California. Right. And and for its first year, they did a great job putting that festival. That's right, together. you went. Yeah, yeah, I was there, and that was a really good festival for being its first year. The, like, there wasn't anything that I would change. It was really cool being on. They blocked the whole Capitol Street, whatever yeah. the street is that goes down away from the Capitol. So yeah. you you got a nice building to look at. I think and, that's Broken Promises Way. Is oh, okay. Shattered on. Dreams yeah, right, Drive. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's at the corner. Uh, yeah. Uh, the three-day event features opportunities to taste, judge, pair, and experience craft beer at the Sacramento Convention Center September 8th through the 10th. Educational tracks include the history of beer, food and beer pairings, uh, sip and judge lessons with Cicerone so you can learn about what you're tasting, and the history of California's favorite styles. An entire educational track dedicated to the art of homebrewing has been added to this year's summit, including how to go off recipe how to start home brewing, and how to taste different beer styles. Plus, on the Expo Floor Hall, Expo Hall Floor, homebrew clubs will be demonstrating live. Leaders in the brewing industry will be telling stories about their days as, quote, garage brewers, and career advisors will be teaching classes on how and when it's time to start a brewery. Purchase festival tickets today. Take advantage of, our tw- of their 25% off early bird ticket prices. Offer ends June 30th. Also, the folks at the CAA Craft Beer Summit are giving away a pair of festival tickets right here on the session. Oh. If you want your chance to win, tune in to the June 27th show. And by then, I'm sure we'll think of some way to give them away. Uh, you can check out the full schedule of speakers, educational seminars, ticket options, and list of California breweries pouring at CAcraftBeerSummit.com. Nice. If everyone's busy, then I'll just take the tickets. You'll just, it'll okay. be fine. Yeah. Well, that's really that's really right. nice of you. I'd make your job easier, yeah. and I'll just take them. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I actually won't be here that show. That'll be a rare uh, Justin show. What? Um, uh, I'll be in uh, uh, heading down to... What the fuck am I going? Uh, Palm, Land? No, Palmdale. No. Lancaster? No, keep going. Start to the P. Uh, San Diego. Rose Bowl. The Rose Pasadena. Bowl. Pasadena. Thank you very much. Moving on to Pasadena to watch a Liverpool take on Chelsea, baby. Mm. Excited. Yes. Mm. Uh, Who's Chelsea? Don't worry about it. Okay. That's no. part of the International thing. Champions Cup? Yes. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know. I just know I that Liverpool is. are playing, and I'm like, Pfft. Yeah. I'll, I'll, pretend, I'll pretend to be uh, your job, and I'll, in Chelsea my head, I'll do play-by-play. They haven't got a chance. How do you do play by that? To me, it's play by play is like the hardest thing in sports. Uh, Com- sports yeah, you said it, not me. I don't yeah. know. I, I just you, you describe what's you just happening do it. on the pitch. He kicked it, and then that guy kicked it. But like to get everyone's names like real fast and kind of like I was listening oh. to to like uh, like Doc, not yeah. not our Doc. Doc's here. <laughs> Doc Emmer. Yeah, which yeah, I yeah. kind of. I love Doc. He's okay. I guess that his 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 team sucks. But he was he's great. He's incredible. And just the back and forth, he's naming every player, and it's like that is too fast. And I, maybe soccer's a bit slower, but yeah, to me but that blows my mind. Even still, but I mean the prep for any broadcast like that, like I literally studied these guys' names, like it's the like it's the table of elements. Like literally, I have flashcards. Oh really? I look at it, and it'll be on the one side. It'll be like number number two, and then it'll be the Portland Timbers. And on the other side is Alvis Powell, and it'll tell me all of his information. 
And I'll, wow. I'll like remember that going through. I mean, it's really tedious, and yeah. it's funny because I hated studying in high school. But like now, it's the one <laughs> aspect of the job that I come to love because I'm like, wow! Like now that I have you know all this time to fill, I can learn about these guys and actually use it, <laughs> as opposed to most of what I studied in school, which was not usable in the slightest. Right? Where you know, I was like for broadcast, it's like yeah, okay, I can use this, and I know that like these numbers. So like, as immediately if it goes to da 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 da. Oh, no, number two passes to number six. That's Powell to Nagby, and they're going to toss it back to number seven. That's Nat Borchers, and then they toss it over to number four. That's uh, Liam Ridgewell, and, like, you start. like you, So just, you'll do fake plays in your head, essentially. Yeah, but, I mean, these are the – since the last broadcast we did before the break for Copa was the Quakes and Timbers, all the Timbers numbers <laughs> okay, are right. still fresh in my head. Yeah. So, like, that's just like – it's like you don't – like you memorize the numbers, but it's then it's it, it they cease to become numbers. They become just it's just boom. It's like you see that number and then you immediately know the name. Kind of like yeah. the BJCP yeah. styles. I mean, when, when I was used to the you know the 2008 guys, like oh you know it's a five eight, it's a Mybach, and it's you yeah. just get these no, all, the, yeah. all a, the stats. You know that's all that being a beer judge is about. Oh no, that's exactly what see. it is because I do the uh, the I, the the boutique amplifier world and all of the you know the. Very quick initials that you guys would use. Somebody would look at it and be like, "I don't know what that means." It's the same thing with amplifiers. Like you look at it and you you automatically know when somebody's talking about a uh, uh, F B F sixty five. You know, whatever you're like, oh, they're talking about nineteen sixty five Fender Twin Reaver Blackface. Like you just know exactly what it is. Of course, <laughs> yeah, of course, right? Of right. course. And yeah. in that case, Duh. the term Blackface Common is not knowledge. offensive. They're actually talking about the literal Blackface of the amplifier. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's the one time in the world where that actually you're allowed to use that term, <laughs> or you're not talking about somebody ruining their career. Right. But it's just yeah, it's that immediately. You guys know exactly if something's being referenced that's specific to your world. I'm sure it took you a learning style at first, but now you yeah. don't even you don't even think about. It. Well, beer is really easy. And so, uh, you know, you, you don't have to be a genius to do it. I'm yeah, but, but here's the here, yeah, I, You actually do have to be pretty smart because I actually, yeah. there are other people who be like, oh, you you like them beers with the letters on the front. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yes. I, I only like drink beers, beers with America on the label. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just, but you still hear stuff like that where people who want to be like indignant about the fact that people are drinking anything but like a classic American lager. Yeah, like well, it, yes, I like I like those. I like I like a banquet beer, but I also like an IPA. Sure, like it's uh, like it's uh, some sort of uh, insult to want to drink something that has different flavor. God forbid, not better. Yeah, maybe not more. I don't know, but just different. Well, and it's worked its way into their ad campaigns too. At the well, you right. know, you can have your peach cobbler oh, beer, right. <laughs> peach cobbler beer. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Doc's joining us. Hi, Doc. I am. You're just getting back from NHC. Right. Yeah. Um, How was yeah. that experience for you? Traveling back. You should have been. Were you, were you supposed <laughs> to be back yesterday? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> my friend from D.C. came up, and so I decided to extend it another day. Yeah. And uh, then I had to take a different flight and got stuck in Dallas. It's pouring rain. Oh, I got stuck uh, in Dallas yesterday, too. Dallas yeah. is the worst. Well, then I got my bag at, at uh, Oakland. And it was all wet. Whole bag. Really? <laughs> oh, did a beer explode? No, it was, it was outside in the rain. Oh. You know, I'd sit on his cart, uh, and it was uh, just, I've never seen it rain that hard anywhere. Thunder and lightning, it's just, just, and the whole place is starting to get packed because wow. plane flights are delayed. And mm. I would have freaked out. I would have panicked. That's why this bag was wet when I was opening it earlier. Yeah. Because yeah. I also got stuck in Denver. Okay. No, Dallas. Dallas. Sure. Yeah, one of those two. But you got stuck no, in Denver. No, I got stuck in Denver. 
Uh, I got oh. sick in Dallas. Oh, it was pouring uh, rain in Denver. You couldn't even see out the windows because it was coming down so hard. No, I would have panicked. There's yeah. no way. There's no way. I would st- I'd be like lost in translation. Or what was that movie with fucking Tom Hanks? And he was like lived <laughs> in an airport for 11 years airport. or whatever. Ah, yeah. Not lost in translation. What is it? Uh, what? Uh, Up in the air? He was like was a that? Russian. I know what you're talking about. He lived in the airport? Yeah, he lived yeah. in the airport because he had problems with his visa. Yeah. I never yeah, saw it. Right. I never saw it either. Yeah. From Castaway. I thought you were talking about Castaway. I like, I like Castaway. Castaway was good. Yeah. So also, when I got to Oakland, yeah. they announced that yeah, they just had sixty planes just come in. So <laughs> all 60, from Dallas, uh, everywhere. But it's, you can imagine trying to get your bag. No, I mean there's not even standing room anywhere in the baggage oh. plane area, and it was it was just insane. That's terrible. Yeah. And then I get I'd go to get the off shuttle bus. The little the shuttle to get to where my car is. Yeah, and I missed the first one, and the second one comes, and about fifty people try to get on it. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then another one comes right behind it, yeah. and then another twenty five people <laughs> just rushing. I barely got on that one. I had to knock down an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to, but you did. Right? Yeah. You get the opportunity, man. You take it. <laughs> <You're> really- <laughs> Well, God bless you. Thanks for coming in. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Warren, let's do the Twitter yeah. game. Oh. The Twitter game, which was brought to you uh, by HopTech. Oh. Jade Roberto from HopTech.com. Catch me if you can. No. No, that's Leonardo DiCaprio Leonardo, being yeah. a con artist. Oh, wow. It's called The Terminal. The Terminal. The ter- hey, <laughs> that's it. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not up on these movie things. <laughs> okay, You're new to these uh, movies. Oh, Tom Hanks is in this movie. And it looks like it involves someone with a pilot oh. hat on. I think it was big. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think it was big. Big. Uh, all right, Warren, what was the Twitter game, please? All right, the Twitter game was, since Quaff won this year, or won Club of the Year this year, what are the naysayers going to uh, boo next year at NHC? Doc's shoes. <laughs> He's got to get new shoes. That's, that's the second year in a row. I know. Hey. The BJCP. <laughs> he didn't have a lot of time to prepare. That's all I right. didn't. Uh, let's see. You had a year. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so these first three, apparently I didn't copy the Twitterer. I just uh, copied the no. thing. Shit. Well, if, if they win, then I'll look it up. Otherwise, okay. they'll just be anonymous. Okay. Okay, so somebody said, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the audience starts booing, themse- booing themselves <laughs> for booing. A vicious cycle ensues, and everyone dies. <laughs> okay, I uh, like it. Yeah. The next anonymous person says, the banquet food. Too okay. soon? Food. Oh. I heard the food was terrible. I heard nothing oh, but complaints. It was horrible. It was, there's no, no theme to it. It was just food. And it was yeah. bad. Food. Yeah, no, they, bad. They, they tried to theme it. They did? We had, like, crab paella, which was edible. Okay. What, and what did they pair that with? One of my first uh, qualities of food that I need to find desirable is the edibility factor. <laughs> needs to be at least v- uh, five. Like yeah. you want to be able to chew it? Yeah. yeah we you gotta, couldn't chew the pork. No, we got we got a plate of a bunch of pork, and you're supposed to like. They served it family style. They did fam- not bring out family plates. style, oh. and then you get it in a semi cold and dry as hell. Not I had roasted bad. potatoes for dinner because that was. Edible. I had beer. 
Yeah, he Beer did. is a food. <laughs> <laughs> then you ordered pizza at the lobby bar at midnight, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, we heard. Oh, I, I had pizza at 3.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got back uh, to the room, and I came to, and, uh, and me and Push were in there, and he goes, I'm hungry. Like, I'm hungry, too. So I, I tried to I called down the front desk, and how can I get pizza? And they said, you got to come down here and call. So I go down there barefoot. I think I was just wearing shorts. You were in your underwear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, shorts. And, in a four-star hotel. Uh, and, <laughs> I can picture this. And so and I'm sure it's not the first or last the, time it's happened. It, it, it's literally 3.30. Yeah. And uh, I called the first place, couldn't get through, called the second place, ordered pizza. Went upstairs, promptly forgot that I ordered pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I couldn't wait push up. Okay, first first the, the security knocks on the door because they brought up this, the the. Uh, the pizza guy. Okay. All and, right. And so got that. And I couldn't wait push up. He was just like, he just went comatose instantly. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm sitting there at about 3.30, quarter to four, munching on pizza, happy as a clam. Because <laughs> my memory is back by then. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh. I remember ordering this pizza. I remember ordering the pizza. I remember being back in the room, but there's a good hour and a half in between that. Meh. No. Nothing. Maybe you tired push out. Yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> All right, Warren, go ahead, please. All right. So, uh. In that amount of time, I was able to look up who tweeted all these things. Um, okay. So that was effing beer, TM. Which one? The the de- the food. Okay. Too soon. Okay. Uh, the first one was Rich S. About the audience. And the next one, from the one, is his name, I guess. Okay. Um, tasty finally defying the odds of the death pool. Hashtag RIP Tasty. Okay. <laughs> so they're booing the fact that Tasty's not there, I guess. Or, uh, or the fact that he died. Oh, yeah, I get it. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's all right. Okay. Uh, Tony D says, everything? Nothing? Who the F knows? <laughs> or cares? Sorry. Uh, Alex B says, all the damn nice Minnesotans, they're too damn polite. Because Minnesota nice is a hey. thing. Yeah. And no okay. one likes it. I know about Minnesota nice. <laughs> I'm married to it. It's awful. <laughs> That's, uh, why isn't that a strip club name? Minnesota oh. nice. Minnesota nice. Huh? Oh. Sounds Sorry. like you need a business to you have a business to open. <laughs> Shit good. Another failure. <laughs> uh, on, you, got some, you got something to look forward to next time. <laughs> <laughs> next time NHC rolls around, huh? Great. Maybe it'll get you there. Uh, Joe says Beardy's beard, it's too long and full of yeast. So I would okay. get booed. Okay. Man, um, after the first two, these are all kind of stinkers. Yeah, the fuck's they going on? peaked early. Yeah, they um, yeah. Timothy says, not having an e-club to join and making to make better beer than the brick-and-mortar clubs. Okay. Um, and then Marcus says, if Quaff wins again, they'll boo because it's an old-school club that refused to keep up with the modern times. Kind okay. of ironic about how we're an e-club. Or yeah. All that shit. Uh, Let's see. I like this one. Uh, Pete the Dink says, boo the BN club for not sharing enough information, regardless of what happens. Okay, that's all right. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Blobbergop closes it out with us. We regain our title, and JP is forced to give a speech because Jay is ab- because uh, Jay is absent, and JP rants for 24 minutes about cloudy IPA. <laughs> <laughs> Of all of the things that 
possibly could happen in any sort of form of reality. That is the most real. That would be the, the most, most realistic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the two on my list were uh, the, they would end up booing themselves or uh, end up booing the food. Does anybody want to add any more to the list before you vote? If what they about? were going to boo the food, they would have booed it this year. Yeah. Uh, they booed it just silently, yeah. man. It was like, I just heard it from everybody. I like blobbers about booing you for having okay. to give the speech Blobber. and ranting. Why are people literally booing? That's such an extreme take. Oh, it, oh yeah. The, the room, last couple of years when the Brewing Network won Club of the Year, half the room of, like, 1,500 people. Yeah. But that, that's well, we're, we're not a real club. And they're not in a real club, but it's still, what? it's it's still <laughs> bad I'm taste. joking. We're totally uh, no, I No, I get it. We talked about the literal, like, what we're sitting in right no. now, the brick no. and mortar. It just it just seems so extreme. Yeah. It is extreme. It, it's a hobby. Doing anything but a sports team. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a politician. It's just hateful. <laughs> but, hateful. But you guys are there's nothing about you guys that's remotely political, and that's a compliment. Right. Yeah. And you know it's it's kind of like this is all beer has its own politics, and for sure, even yes. a sports team. Yeah. How would you like a thousand tens of thousands of people booing you for having a bad day at the office? Oh, uh, have you been to a Sharks game? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm saying, how would you feel? Let's get Patrick getting Marlo booed on the phone. Yes. for He'll a bad day at the office. Right. It's still shitty, even for a sports team to have yeah, that happen. That's true. But they're getting compensated like millions of dollars. No offense to anybody. No one in this room, I imagine, is getting compensated millions of dollars. If so, you needed <laughs> to tell me a long time ago, Jason. You're probably safe. Uh, safe with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you two of my Teslas. Just two? Yeah, just yeah. two. Well, you know, I need five, so. You pick, okay. your, pick your own colors. Which one? Uh, when, nice. Pick your colors. Wednesday and Friday? Get a free wrap. You like those ones? Yeah. But, uh, okay, yeah. let's vote on this yeah. fucking game, huh? I'm getting tired. Um, you look tired. Thank you very much. <laughs> it looks good on you. Uh, so, I have three. I have the, uh, we, they didn't boon themselves. They didn't boon the food or whatever Blobber said about me. Anything else? No. No, those, those were those good. The those three. were the highlights, I think. All right, who's who says uh, we would end up booing? They would end up booing themselves. I like that one. I, I like that one. Fun. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yes. Well, yeah. that yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's the unanimous. All right. All right, Rich S, you the winner, bro. Rich S, Rich S, and imagination. You did great, buddy. Yeah, you went from anonymous to winner yeah. <laughs> real fast. Yeah. yeah. Unlike in hockey, if you're second place, you suck. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you deserve to get booed. Yeah. yeah. Who were was people? It? Were the short the Sharks fans booing? I I heard. Well, last night. Yes. No, they were cheering. Were they? Oh yeah. Because it's. It <laughs> did seemed, they know who won? It seemed like like when Crosby was getting the con Smythe or whatever, and when he went out, maybe they were just booing him. Yeah. But for the first couple of rounds, when they were uh, throwing the cup out, oh, it no, sounded a lot like booing. No, there was a little bit of booing in that regard. Yeah. I thought you meant were they booing the Sharks? Because no, they no, were, no, no. Because I was I was ringside for Game Seven when they lost to the Kings yeah. two, two years ago. And b- being ice level when those boos started raining down in the final minute, it was intimidating. I was like, oh, dear God, this is terrible. <laughs> like, it was, it was one of the most revealing experiences of my life to be there, all, like, literally rinkside and hearing those boos come down. I was thinking, this is not, this is not okay. But, actually, oh, but last night, it sounded like when they were, when they were doing the Con Smythe, I think there was a little bit for Crosby. But once they started the presentation, I think Sharks fans realized, like, hey, you know what? This is more than a rivalry. This is the history of hockey. You got to. You got to cheer because of what it represents. Yeah. And same thing when they were, you know, when they first presented the Stanley Cup. When they said your champions, the Pittsburgh Penguins, I think there was booze. But then when the cup came out, I think they then cheered again because Sharks fans are pretty. 
even though you know the Bay Area is not exactly hockey town USA, the fans here are smart enough and they realize quickly enough, like, you know what, you got to show your respect where you need to show your respect. Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time they've gotten this far. Yeah. This is a big, big thing. I know a lot of Sharks fans who've been pissed off for years and hate life, and you just you don't even want to look at their me. Facebook page on a Sharks game day because you just know it's going to be something horrible. That's me. Is that the smoke porter again? What do you? What do you no, this is uh, this is the espresso. It's the imperial oh, espresso stout. No, we haven't tried this one yet. So it's nine point five, uh, which is great. Anyway, that, that I need all of that. That wraps up the show. But uh, here, would you mind just oh, pat you? Yeah, um, I could. I got to give a great shout out to my handlers this year. Okay, who they, were they? They oh. did a bang up job. Yeah, just the whole team. <laughs> the whole team. How many did you have? Uh, three to four. Doc, five, needs, Doc needs handlers. Doc gets yeah. not out of control, but he he cuts loose. I can wander off. Yeah, right. Uh, That's for everybody, Doc. So be careful right. how much you pour. Okay. Too bad. Doc cuts <laughs> loose. Somebody needed to have handled that poor man. Uh, probably. I like, yeah. I like Doc. Yeah. I've, Doc. I've known him for 18 minutes. I like Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that has, does the name, how did you come about the Doc? Uh, he's Justin. A, he's a doctor. And I'm a doctor. There's that. A literal doctor? He yeah. earned it. Oh, he's a dentist. That's a doctorate. Yeah. Hey, I, I, DDS. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor of Dental Surgery. There it is. How many years of school? Eh. Yeah. Yeah. No, eh. It's only ten years of school. Yeah. <laughs> How many do you remember? Um. Uh, well, the eighties were kind of medicated. Um, <laughs> uh, pretty much most of them. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, that's good. Yeah. Oh. So it's. But in general, that whole that whole decade was a little blurry. Yeah. Well, that's fine. I feel like if you were alive in the eighties and it wasn't blurry, you didn't do it right. Exactly. No. Uh, anyway, so f- to wrap up the show, I do want to talk about the passing of our friend Lee, uh, co-host of Dr. Homebrew and master BJCP extraordinaire. Uh, you know, uh, for those of you who are, are, are listeners to Dr. Homebrew, you'll remember about six months ago or so, um, he left the, the show. And it was, uh, you know, we had said, oh, there's like an allergy thing, which is honestly what we thought it was. Right, Brian. It so was, he did get like a every had, every winter he had this winter, cough. Yeah, it would kick in, and we'd be like struggling through shows, and it just it seemed like the run of the mill thing. You can go back and, and listen like, to it. It's like yeah. he got flimmy, and he got he just was terrible. And so he approached me in like December, and he's like, "Look, I'm not going to be able to do the show. I think it's going to be terrible radio because I'm coughing every five minutes." And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I understand. I appreciate it. Go get yourself checked out, but we'll see you, you know, next month. He's like, ah, you know, hopefully. Um, and then, you know, he wrote me back a couple weeks later and was like, hey, my doctor says I have lung cancer. And it's pretty um, aggressive. And it's, I think it was stage four at the time or something. I forget. Yeah. It was- um, and he was like, uh, look, just keep it to yourself. You know, tell the the Brewing Network people so they know that I'm not some fucking flake. <laughs> but um, and at this point, we've been doing shows for like two years. Yeah, it'd been going on for yeah, probably two and a half years by then. Yeah, and um, so you know, I honored his his request. Of course, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call anybody about but out. But he he wanted to get a handle on what was going on, and. Uh, you know, occasionally we get updates, and, and they became less frequent as as the months carried on, as as the medication kind of took its toll. But uh, he was always r- remaining very positive about it, and and I would always tell him like, "Look, y- y- when are you coming back?" It was never really um, 
it was never really an option in my mind that he wasn't coming back. And I don't think, obviously, yeah. it was it was in 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 his as well. as well. I mean, he was very steeped in science. He was very much uh, the guy who you know didn't trust a faith or didn't trust um, something other than some you know remedy of like getting wrapped in seaweed wraps or whatever to like cure. He was like, this is this is a, a cancer, and I'm going to fix it with drugs with medication, and this is it's going to work. Chemo and yeah, right. And, uh, yeah, apparently uh, it worked for a bit, and I think it kind of came back, and then he it moved into his liver. And I think that's ultimately kind of what did him in, uh, unfortunately. He just never could come back from that. I think the last um, email I got from him was May 4th. And uh, he, he had taken a walk, and he was like, I'm feeling pretty good, and, and the drug seemed to be working. And um, at least not growing, and uh, everything's everything's cool. And then... I don't know, a few weeks after that, his brother posted on Facebook, and he was like, it's not going well. Yeah, that was very similar to my last last email from Lee, too. It was, yeah. it was like he was kind of coasting along, and it seemed like things weren't getting worse, but, and, you know, things were kind of stabilizing, but he was in, you know, he was, he was fighting for his life, and you knew it, but yeah. you, you never want to assume that your, your friend and, and, you know, um, the mentor in many ways isn't going to come back. So it's rough, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I didn't know Lee very well. You know, we didn't hang out um, or anything, but I'd known him in the beer industry and uh, obviously doing the show. I mean, you hang out with a guy for three hours every month. It's, you get to know him uh, as much as you can. And uh, he was a good dude. He was a sarcastic dude, very dry, funny, knew a shit ton about beer, man, and was just very inspiring in that way. Uh, very inspiring in the beer industry and the beer community. Um, I know Peter Munoz, one of our uh, friends here, a friend of the show and a a friend personally, um, learned a lot. And I I think uh, learned a lot from Lee. And I think Peter makes some great beer, and I think a lot of it has to do with Lee. And and Peter has a great palate and a great sense for for what he's tasting. And and a lot of that he'll, he'll, he'll give props to Lee. And I think there are... Hundreds, I would, I would bet hundreds of other people that can make that same claim. Yeah, yeah. Hundreds is not stretching it at all. Not I, at all. I helped Lee with classes in um, in Oakland, Berkeley, and classes in in San Francisco. They help, he helped out the San Francisco Homebrewers Guild with a batch of like some people who have become really good judges. And um, you know, when I when I first got into beer judging, like, okay, I met Lee in two thousand. Three when I had first gotten into home brewing, I started brewing in like December of 2002, and I made some beers and I entered in this competition I'd heard about called the World Cup. And yeah. I believe at the time Lee was the president of the Barrier Mashers, and I brought my my beer you know into this competition, and I won a, a second place ribbon with you know one of the first five beers I had brewed in like the American Amber Ale category, which was huge, and so. And I was like stoked, and I'm at this competition. I'm like, I wanted to get more involved with the community, and I started talking to people. And you know, they're like, talk to Lee, you know, and, and like, how how do you get involved here, and you know, what's going on? And I was like one of these newbies that that we hear sometimes is really enthusiastic about stuff and coming on, coming into it, and and wants to brew a lot and learn more. So I talked to Lee there for for a couple of minutes and asked him about the club and what they do and you know what the dues are and all this stuff and at the time it was you know living in Pleasanton or getting over to to Oakland or Berkeley was kind of far for me so I didn't join the club then I just started my own club later <laughs> but um yeah yeah you know he kind of 
just made it sound really easy. It was just like, well, yeah, we just have a club, just pop in, and you know, you can visit us and and um, meet some of our members. And and people are all about sharing knowledge, and and that's one of the things he was always all about, was just sharing his knowledge. And when I started t- getting into judging, he helped us. He helped me learn a lot about Belgians because he he's been over there many times, and um, you know, knows a lot of the styles that I had weaknesses in. I know German styles pretty well and American styles, but I was, you know, I had some gaps. So, you know, I'm like, what beer should I bring in for my, my beer judging class that I was starting? And he really filled me in with, you know, a lot of good knowledge. And again, he, he didn't give me shit for being ignorant and, you yeah. know, I just, he wanted to share it he wanted to help people out. And that's, that's what he was all about. Yeah. I really yeah. appreciate his gift of being able to, share his knowledge and give you honest feedback in a way that didn't make people defensive. And it was just, he was the right amount of encouraging and also just honest feedback that it it was very disarming to people. And it's just awesome that he got the chance to be on the brewing network to spread that a lot farther than he could just from the local homebrew club. Yeah. I think we're very lucky. Oh yeah. That that happened as well. For sure. And you're for all of us. Yeah, you're right. His feedback was very, and and I think that's the clinic, the, the clinician in him. That's that very scientific. It's just, this is what it is. There's no judgment, but here is how you can fix it. Or this is uh, oftentimes this is what I'm getting. Right. And if, you know, and he he would go to bat for what he believed Mm -hmm. he was tasting, but he would acquiesce, uh, you know, and that's kind of, that's what makes a good beer judge. Yeah. And I think, he just did a great job of making sure that you didn't feel that there wasn't any judgment like, oh, you're a shitty brewer. Yeah, like you should stop. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, It's best if you just stop right Yeah, now. like let's just yeah. sell all your equipment. I'll take the, your bottles and shit, but everything else you can right. just throw yeah. away because you you're, ter- you're, you're rubbish. You're right. never going to be any good at this. Yeah. It was never that. It was very much always encouraging. Yeah, even if you're drinking a horrible beer. I mean, some, yeah. there's some, some beer judges that was like, yeah, well, you got it into the bottle. Uh, here you go. Uh, take <laughs> right. that. But, I mean... He, I mean, those are the beers that need the most feedback, and yeah. and you know he would pick out specific defects and and help you. He knew how to fix all of them. You know, I mean, a lot of us. I, I need to study for many more years before I, I get uh, anywhere near as knowledgeable as he was on a lot of those topics. And you know, and he was actually a lower ranked judge than me for a while. But um, you know, I when when we started our, our judging group, I worked my way up pretty fast, and and I never got a big head about it. He never got a big head about it but i just found and he never made a big announcement i just found out one day he was master level and i was like oh cool you know and yeah. it was probably around the time we were starting the idea of the show and I, I knew he was like a great person to talk about beer with it's like well let's bring him into the show i mean this this is a great idea let's yeah i couldn't figure out i couldn't remember how that happened but uh but i'm glad you did because i mean the show wouldn't have been the same without him I and mean, it won't be the same never, yeah it never him. will be the same and i'm not yeah entirely sure what to do about it we're recording on thursday um and uh i I don't know that'll be a tough one i mean this is tough right here but uh (laughs) that next set of shows is going to be kind of fucking shit yeah so i don't know I, i i don't know how i mean things go on and that's the cycle of life but i mean he was 53 man and just to go out like that it sucks just sucks so we're, I don't know, we're bumming here at the Brewing Network. Yeah. And, um, you know, we wish uh, Lee uh, safe travels to wherever he's going. And, uh, you know, his friends and family, uh, you know, hopefully they, they, they have some sort of comfort, uh, you know, now that he's not suffering. And 
Yeah. And, you know, he, he made a huge impact on the beer community in, yeah. in the Bay Area and, and, and wherever else. Yeah. Wherever else people were fucking listening to the show. Some yeah. yurt in, 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 <laughs> in, you know, the farmlands of wherever the hell yeah. they grow. I don't even think they grow food anymore, like on a, in land. I think it's all test tubes. But uh, if they did, someone's weaving together yak fur in a yurt somewhere listening to Lee prattle on about beer tasting <laughs> and i think that's cool well, yeah and they can still listen you know yeah. he's, he's still archived yeah, still archived yeah. which is which is yeah. a, another reason why i think we're super lucky to have a, a, a talent like him on because there's more people that can listen to him yeah oh yeah and experience this is what a master level B, bjcp judge is like it's what it should be like this is how you give feedback it's yeah. just, just that's what what it is and it's so great to get to hear him describe stuff versus just seeing what he can fit onto the little score sheet yeah right just right enough yeah Yeah. you you have five little lines that are about two inches wide and to get to hear someone with that that knowledge and that level of experience well, even there, he would flip over the... I was just going to say, man, some of those... Flip over the oh, I know, sheets. I know. Some he would go into all the border, right, all the margins a, and everything. Half yeah. a page yeah. on the back of the damn score sheet. <laughs> I wanted to come over and just be like, do you just do you want a second one? <laughs> I, got, I got copies in here. We have yeah. more paper, Lee. Here you go, buddy. Uh, <laughs> and got lots of paper. But that wasn't him. And I told you and him countless times, like, you guys don't have to fill out the sheet super <laughs> well. Like, we can just riff on it. But that's not that's not the training. I don't think that's where that's where you are. I don't think that's where he was. Um, and 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 I, I was in the wrong for asking you guys to dial that down and just talk about it because taste and and, and didn't dawn on me. I'm a judge myself, but I'm, I'm so not ranked. It's I've done like two comps and I hate it. I hate well, it. It's what you're used but to doing when it's, you're a judge. It's what you're doing, but but I think that's what you need to do. It's not even yeah. what you're used to doing so much as you need to do that in order to explain the flaw, the faults in the beer, or why you gave it such a score, and how to how to help it. And that's the, what I didn't see, and that's what he helped what me. What was great about the beer. What, right. Know, it, totally. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but that's what sitting here across the the desk from him helped me to to see is that like there is a point there is there is a, you ha- in order to get the good out of um what i'm trying to say is it, y- y- you have to go through all that shit you have to write everything down you have to be thorough about it you can't just skip ahead and want and expect to be a better judge a better taster or a better homebrew and the beer is changing before you as you're drinking it there there are certain components that will blow off after a little bit you want to describe it at that yeah. moment as the thought comes to your head and your head is kind of spinning sometimes when you're judging i can see the wheels turning in his head probably way faster than mine and he, <laughs> he's jotting down all these things and the, you know as the yeah. beer warms and the, ta- the flavors and aromas evolve you're you're taking on the full impression of the beer as you're drinking it and you give that feedback to the brewer and i mean that's the best thing you can do for someone to help make their beer better you know but yeah, yeah. He shared that knowledge and and uh, he did a great job of it and just a very really personable, yeah. great guy. So and I know he did that to commercial brewers as well. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it, it it's a big loss for the entire community. Yeah, with no pro and homebrew. Yeah. Here's yeah. a straight shot. Here's anyway, a, I want to make a toast yeah. to Lee, everyone. If you got some beer, Bev, Cheers. do you want some? No, you got some coffee. All right, to Lee, everyone. To Lee, we missed. Perfect. <laughs> I don't know. And we raised the toast to him at the the Mad Zimmer just meeting the other night too, yeah. and, and it 
it ended up being the last night he was alive. You know, that I had seen my wife forward me a posting from the Bay Area Mashers who had their meeting on the same night and they were doing a, a big toast to him. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just a picture of us on Facebook all raising our glass to Lee. And, you know, he was in the throes of it fighting for the, fighting for the, fighting for his life. And then, yeah. The other day we went to the 21st Amendment Brewery to, you know, for another event, a happy event, of course, uh, celebrating the uh, the Best of Show winner for Oktoberfest, um, Keith Cost and his uh, fabulous culture that we got to brew there. And uh, I just, I I asked the, <laughs> uh, the, you know, asked them nicely if I could step up onto their bar and uh, raise a glass to Lee, which I, I, I did when I was... You know, just getting ready to, we're getting ready to do our tour and kind of to gather some people anyway. So, um, yeah, David there, their tasting room manager at the, the, um, the brewery there in San Leandro was, was pretty gracious and, and gave us a good tour after that. But, uh, we were all thinking about Lee that day too. It's just, just kind of hits you. Anyway. Yeah. That's, yeah. For sure, man. <clears throat> well, uh, Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess we should get out of here. How do we transition out of this? I don't know. And I've, I've, I've been, I was thinking about I, like doing it three different know. ways, and and I just yeah. we just got to keep on, and that's it's the brewing network. He would, you know, Lee network. would want you to, to make a joke and move on, and just you he probably know. would have uh, made some sarcastic comment that I hadn't done so already. Exactly. He, he so, would know how to transition out of it yeah. better than we would, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'd be hard pressed to find a man who who made more of a, a an impact. Uh, than than that guy in this in this kind of scene, man, for sure. Um, <clears throat> okay, uh, before we go to the plugs, Warren, how do you follow that up? I don't know. Um, I want to thank our guest uh, Logan Plant from uh, Beaver Town. Uh, all these beers are are rad, and I really appreciate you uh, pulling all the stops, man. Uh, Ted Ramey, thank you very much for stopping in and hey, my uh, pleasure hanging out. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you. I like it here. Uh, there's no sports. So that's a, a relief for you. There's Adam so, and Eve. There's Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. <laughs> we'll yeah. always have Adam that and Eve. That library is ready for you whenever. We Adam and Eve. That's ah. true. <laughs> and they used to have like uh, um, 10 free adult DVDs. And I've then, seen so, that ad on, on TV before. Yeah. yeah. And, then we, and then we would go around the room and start explaining what our favorite categories were. And it was a whole, it was a whole thing. So <laughs> it, you got off light. No, they, no pun intended. <laughs> I don't think they say anything about the... Sea bumper on TV? Do they? The what? I'm not saying the word. I, I, think that, I think that's like what they call like the extra special gift. The so secret yeah. it can't yeah. be mentioned. Right. right. It's I that, guess they it's finally that figured standard. out that, that it can be mentioned here. Yeah. It's here. That standard, I feel like this uh, is a good transition. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great transition. Yeah. <laughs> right. If there's one thing Lee liked, it was sea bumpers. Sea <laughs> bumpers. Sea <laughs> bumper. I don't even know her. Doesn't matter. Okay, anyway, uh, check out our other shows like Dr. Homebrew. Now would be a perfect time to go back and see what you missed, man. Doc, you'll be here on Thursday? I will be. Because we need somebody. <laughs> we need somebody. <laughs> I will be here. Too soon. Oh. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And here I am. So much so you'll even take me. Yeah. Well, he is a doctor. Yeah. Here I am no, trying to resist you know making a death pool joke, and this oh, asshole I fucking. I totally thought about that one earlier, and I was like, I can't be the one that says yeah. that. No, you can't. You go to hell. So is that sure. the unlock- unlucky seat? <laughs> I'm sitting in Lee's seat tonight. It's kind of weird. You'll be for fine. Me. Don't start Damn, coughing. Warren stole my seat. Yeah. Oh, God. What? Sorry. Okay, I know. We're getting. <laughs> all right, we're getting to bring that. This is how yeah. we cope, Beverly. Pretty much, this yeah. This is how we cope. Because this sucks. Yeah. Uh, all right, you ready, uh, Warren? 
I guess. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Start with the C bumper. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, I'm pretty sure the next show will be a little bit uh, better than this. All right, Warren, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Logan Plant from Beavertown sent us a ton of great beer and filled us in on what he's been up to over on his side of the pond. Ted Ramey from KMBR was kind enough to put up with a few no-talent hacks, and Logan, and Brian, and Bevo. Uh, Brian stopped by in between his appointments over on Dr. Homebrew to help us remember our friend and fellow brewcaster, Lee Shepard. And you can merge your love of Disneyland with your lack of engaging podcasts and go over to earsuppodcast.com as JP, Terrence, Bevo, and Taryn talk about all things Disney. Go check out Moscow Hops Cartoons over at hoplifestore.com. Get on Twitter for more great beer insight and homebrew info. Follow Nate Smith at Nathan Homebrew, or Nathan Homebrew Mike McDole at Tasty McD, JP at Major Dip, and Warren's adding to the noise over at Another Beardy. Today's show was produced by JP or Bevo, or maybe neither, and your host has been JP. Be sure to follow the Bring Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks, Lee.